hear about uh, you hear about video games this year? Far have you much. introduced the last two? That <laughs> yeah. I think you do that every year. I have been doing that every year. <laughs> New game came out this year. Uh, Dark Souls uh, Four. Kind of. Five. It's, it's, actually, it's actually Dark Souls Two Two. That's what the kids have been saying. It's Demon it's Souls Six. <laughs> it's Kingsfield Twelve. It's Elden Ring One. Guys. <laughs> it's, it's own thing. Elden Ring One video game zero. <laughs> that's not the title of this episode. <laughs> I didn't even play it. I'm pretty sure that's that's just locked in here. Uh-huh. here. What could you do? Yeah. Uh, I am going to attempt to defeat Elden Ring with facts and logic, but I don't know with if I Marvel can. Marvel Snap? No. Oh, like, God, no. That, game's, that game is quite good, but no. Of course I'm going to play it. When you do, let me know. It's, it's quite... <laughs> it did sound like you were going to add something else to that sentence. I know, I I'm not convinced. <laughs> I didn't have an excuse or a reason why I was going to play it. Dude, I, I'll happily show you my JPEGs. Uh, when, when I would like to collect Marvel JPEGs. It's good. It's the video game part that dissuades me. <laughs> you don't like it that you would be playing I've it? just been saving images on Google, <laughs> yeah. and Check that's kind out. of been doing fine for Cam, me. Cam, get this. They get artists to draw new art just for this game. What? Marvel paid artists? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually the game company did. I don't, I don't quite believe yeah, that Marvel. Is that why those VFX guys are still locked in their cage? Yeah. They redesigned re- Sonic again. <laughs> <laughs> they got pumped up. Hey, we're going to need you to redesign Sonic while you're at it. Fuck, I had two Ultrons through this week. <laughs> I had to make three Avengers movies by five. Somebody's pointing at the way Hulk Thor's cape looks. It's like, good graphics! I said good graphics! This, good graphics. this movie's coming out next year! <laughs> That's the reason people don't like She-Hulk. <laughs> Not all the women. <laughs> There's a whole lot of women in it, though. Oh, I didn't Ooh. finish it. Oh, wrong shade of green. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Careful with that one. I'm, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> the main character's the wrong color, not watching. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, Can't, it wasn't good, don't worry. They use too many filters these days. Oof. Filters, man. <laughs> it's like, am I watching She-Hulk or on Instagram? TikTok. Uh, TikTok Reels. Uh, what was the Facebook? What was the Twitter one? Twitter was Fleets. Fleets. Oh, oh, man. That fucking yeah, sucked. That, that was hard. I, I love Fleets. Yeah, you were a big Fleets guy. I'm a big Fleets guy because someone I follow made a point, like made a show out of collecting the worst Fleets and showing them to me every I day. I still follow that guy. Now me he too. Does, like live streams. So yeah. Check and out the he, Fleets. Yeah. Well, one time, okay, so this is <laughs> last week. Uh, this is, you know, December 23rd. Mm-hmm. It's Friday night. Wow. Uh, I'm sitting up at 1 a.m. and I get a notification on my phone. Uh, LB is streaming <laughs> Secret Fleets. No, <laughs> so I'm right. so I'm in bed with Emily. I'm like, do you want to do you want to watch the fleets? She's like, yeah, yeah. So we watched the fucking horrible fleets at what 1 a.m. and it was really good. Like like, oh, and by that I mean they were fucking horrible. There's one of those ones that is just like awful to listen to, where uh, it's like uh, text appearing over like piano public domain piano music and it's like um the blind man said uh the blind boy had a sign outside and he said i am blind please give change to to help me eat and all that and then it's like a man came up and changed wrote something different on his sign and then he started to get a lot more money and then he said sir thank you but what did you write on my sign (laughs) he said i changed it to say uh, the sunrise is beautiful, but I don't get to see it. 
<laughs> and, uh, and then it's like like share and subscribe. <laughs> it's that's like, what it is now. We just looped around culturally. Yeah. <laughs> Oh god, this is so sad. Can we get five million? Essentially, <laughs> that's what it is. I didn't give five people anybody, but I would. I would give them some likes. I would give them change to their side. Hey Cam, did Death Stranding come out this year? Uh, yes. Yeah. When did Director Scott come out? This, this year. Zert didn't play it. <laughs> kind of got the full experience with the original. If you, you it know. also come to PC this year. Yeah. It's now free on PC too, right? Well, I, think the, I think the oh, PS. Yeah. Shit. I missed it. I think the PS4 came to the PC this year. Oh yo! Oh yo! <laughs> Is the PS5 out yet? No. No. Uh, <laughs> God of War, Spider Man, Death Stranding all came to fucking PC this year. I believe Uncharted 4 also. Did you say that? Incredibly just funny. Did they go right to 6? Do they do? It's been a while with the 5. Has it been more than a well, year? Well, see, if right? I. And this is where me and the Sony executives dis- differ. If I, oh, was going yeah? to, if I was going to sell a large. <laughs> yes, if I was going to sell a large expensive console, I would put some games on it. I would have made more of them. I also would have made more of them. I think that's a good choice. Uh, but see, well, when... I don't know. They're selling everyone they make. That's true. It's sold out again. Wow. It's like that that joke business model where it's like, if we make one product and it costs ten million dollars, we only have to sell one. We only have to make one sale. How I made ten million dollars writing books. The one book retail for ten million dollars. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED. All right. Good warm up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... <laughs> yeah, which one of those is a game you play? this uh, 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 PS5, Death Stranding. Uh, Lamp. Lamp. <laughs> uh, do you play Lamp Chair this year? I'm going to add that to my list. Um, it's pretty good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Light Depends On, the show where we do something different every week. And this year, we played a lot of video games from 2022. And uh, our, for some reason, whether it is uh, SEO or a good thumbnail or whatever, our Game of the Year episodes typically do um, way, way better numbers than the rest of our show. Right? Yes. I never knew that. Uh, uh, they have the past two. Are on them? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, this will be a good test of that, Cam. Don't list me. <laughs> I won't this list. It's also the first one of these. I, we've done this last two years, but I think we've only done it remote, remote, right? That's right. Yeah. That's fun. That's right. The energy will be a little different in You're here, in which I'm happy about. I like I like doing this in person. I enjoy seeing Now Nick and I read a list Seb, at each other. Seb wrote in this year. It'll be really good. <laughs> I remember being baffled at how long last year's episode was, but I did yeah. listen to it. Yeah, well, it was so long because Alex and I played a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. And this year... I played I, less games, yeah. so it'll be shorter. I played... Nick played more. I did I did play more games, but the, the kind of cheat is that a lot of them are the kinds of games that you don't beat. You just uh, you uh, play them for fun, which is you. cheater games. The, the you know you can just click go to the options menu and click on the credits. You don't have to do something cool to get it. <laughs> and my addition to this uh, yearly episode is that will not change the time at all because I didn't play any games for this year except for <laughs> one. I literally played one new game this year. I think it'll be good to talk to you about it. I'd like to talk about it because you played. You're our too. consultant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm uh yeah. I heard about these games maybe, mm-hmm. but not really. So uh. Hi, I'm Nick. I usually play uh, fighting games. I like games that with a lot of scoring mechanics and uh, timed shit. I, I uh, still love stuff that s- feels like it was made in 1991 for the arcade. Uh, but I played a lot of different things this year. And what about um, you, Alex? Hello, I'm Alex. Uh, 
I play a lot of different kinds of games, but um, these days, it, my yearly wrap-up was mostly Destiny, so that's really depressing. <laughs> but, uh, what was the percent? It turns Say out it. I play 65% uh, Destiny. Damn! <laughs> and the 100 hours of Elden Ring I played this year were 10% of my Steam playtime. So. Yeah. I used, to be that guy. I used to be the I'm Destiny lucky. guy. I'm so very lucky the PS2 game. doesn't put out one of these, or I would be in some serious <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> They'll do it. They should do a PS2 yearly wrap-up. You right, played yeah, collecting dust I, for I, I years. I played, I played 8 million hours of OutRun 2. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. I played some OutRun 2. That game was. Um, I'm Cam. I'm usually not on this episode, but I don't play a lot of video games anymore, but I usually gravitate towards open-world mm-hmm. Uh, relaxing games where you drive very fast mm-hmm. or have good music or mm-hmm. has some sort of creative element to it, whether it be character creating or decorating or yada yada. But lately I've been chasing a lot of uh, number goes up games because that's all that comes out anymore. So <laughs> I used to play a lot of Destiny, um, some Battle Pass stuff. Oh wait, did Halo Infinite come out this year? No. No. Last Fuck. year. <laughs> Alright, well, alright, never mind. <laughs> Play a lot of that battle pass. <laughs> I think I played uh, 800 hours, so I'm level five now. <laughs> Topical joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Gosh, check out. Completely <laughs> changed the leveling system. <laughs> if you want to get that joke, listen to this one year ago. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, usually how we do this is we go chronologically from the stuff that came out the earliest in the year, but, uh, that would mean that Cam would be sitting here for a while and not get to talk about, yeah, the game that he played this year came out in August, so we'll get to that, but first I want to do our honorable mentions, so games that did not come out this year that we played a lot of this year or we found particularly notable, um... So, for example, uh, Alex and I got into Melty Blood Type Lumina this year, which came out last year. And, yeah, so, old game. But um, (laughs) I regrettably missed it on launch because I didn't have, uh, I was still going to the local, but I didn't have a bunch of people there who were into it. And if I had, I would have definitely got into it. Because this game is a lot of fun. It's an anime fighting game, and it has all the hang-ups of anime fighting games. Uh, character designs, the fact that there's like a fucking air dash, and uh, <laughs> there's a separate defensive mechanic that's not blocking that functions differently that you press a button to do. Uh, so, you know, I think, but like the shield and all that, and all the like lasers and effects and all that. But the really thing about this game is that's fucking fun. It's really fucking fun to do, and it has custom color creator where you can change the color of all your characters' palettes. Yeah, I can make my guy look like a different guy from a different anime yes. if I want. That's, that's always what I end up doing, too. <laughs> Meryl, like first I turn him into the Hulk. Now maybe a Na'vi or something. <laughs> Meryl made like me uh, a red arc that looks like Geese Howard, and it's really, really nice. nice. Uh, but, like, yeah, this How was something... How many Asukas do you run into online every day? <laughs> You know, there is one character who wears like a power suit and that is kind of rife for Evangelion shit. But this was just a, I was, Alex, I was so happy to play a fighting game with you this year. Yeah, this is one of my first like actual serious forays into uh, like actually playing a fighting game that has, that is not Smash Brothers, that Mm -hmm. has controls that fit most of the other fighting games. Uh, Having to learn what a dragon punch is and Mm -hmm. how to kind of do it is a thing that I never thought I would do. Uh, but uh, it was pretty fun. I and I, my interest has fallen off a little bit. But they have added two more characters since the last time I played, and uh, they seem to be keep up. They seem to keep updating this game, so I'm interested in probably giving it another spin. 
this is the geese. That looks arc. good. We got a uh, geese lady. And then banana ushi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I was fascinated with your uh, your your foray into fighting games because yeah. this is a very not. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Like, not beginner-friendly one. It's no, just actually, this like, one I'd say is relatively beginner-friendly. Yeah, like, there's, like, a lot of combos and stuff. So a lot like of the modern Dragon ones. Dragon Ball a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, and um, it's, it's it's only four buttons. You know, it's actually kind of similar to Marvel in that way, where you think it's A, B, C, D. You don't have stuff that's split into punches and kicks. You don't have stuff that is, uh, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. And I like, was just thinking in, like, terms of complexity. Like, a, a beginner-friendly one, I would I would do, like, you know, like, Street Fighter 2. Like, mm -hmm. something with, like, two buttons. Yeah, and, like, see, something that I've learned recently, and with our with our friend Destiny, who's also on the show, and who also jumped into fighting games this year with Guilty Gear oh, Strive. Yeah. she's going um, to yeah. just freaking game nights. And stuff. Yeah, and she's been having a great time. Something I've been learning when, as with people who have been getting into fighting games more recently than me, who did it, oh my god, 2009? <laughs> oh no! Uh, yeah, someone who did it 13 years ago. Um, you just got in at Street Fighter Four. No, I was playing stuff before that, but I didn't. Definitely. Uh, but I didn't learn how to do a Dragon Punch before <laughs> Street Fighter Four. I, really, I really don't want to extend this episode too long, but the, the I like that you guys are both saying dra a Dragon Punch because that mm -hmm. either means you're like an old head or mm -hmm. like a new guy who looked up like how to like yeah. play fighting games yeah. now. And yeah, what is, I had to look up what DP meant. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I was like, <laughs> like someone who. I don't know. Like, they, I think yeah. there's a middle ground of guy who wouldn't refer to it as that. Yeah, maybe well, like all the. It it's DP. such a shorthand where like all the annotation for combos and stuff it would say DP. Yes. Maybe so like right. I well, have to know right. what that or is. So also, yeah. you could go numpad notation. Oh, yeah. So that, it could that's be crazy person talking. I mean, that's like well, a lot of really the people. A lot of people that I'm meeting who their first game was Guilty or Strive or Dragon Ball are only familiar with anime terminology. And not Street Fighter stuff. So when I say that something is a DP, they're like, "Okay, what is the motion for that?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's like, "Oh, it, it's a six two three. Yeah, or Fuck. yes. But yeah, I, it was interesting to get into this because it was like, I, I I definitely have mentioned this on the show previous, kind of around when we were playing mm -hmm. this. We talked it, about it a little bit on the um, Foolish Fifteen. Yeah, but, like, my foray into this was because I played the visual novel that the fighting game is based off mm -hmm. of. It's, like, such a backwards way to get into play in it's a like fighting game. Yes, but it's like, sure, okay. Cam likes to... Spider-Man and Iron Man, and then uh, they were in Marvel 3, barely. Yeah, that's, how, yeah, that's probably how they had got a whole audience. Of, yes. Like, yeah. That's why it's such a shame. It's literally how they got me. When I was a kid, I played X-Men versus Street Fighter because I knew who the X-Men were. I didn't know who Street Fighter was. <laughs> yeah. Who is that guy? Why, why, why can he throw a fireball? I definitely, I will say now, I definitely don't think my... I dabbling in fighting games is over. I definitely oh, want to great. fuck around with the new Street Fighter when that comes out in a way where you can play it. Yes. Uh, so, hey, in June. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All we'll, right. I'll see you then. We'll talk about it next year on the game. That's theory. right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be lucky if I talk about anything else. Wow. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that was definitely something that oh, yeah. I, I had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and I didn't, again, I kind of glossed over this. Not that I thought it was bad, but I'm like, ah, yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. And then this year when I played it, I had a really, really good time. Yeah, so, good. yeah. Uh, Do you play something old? Something um, something notable? This was, like, right at the beginning of the year for me, but um, still probably the best not-new game I played this year. Um, Pathologic 2 just absolutely blew my socks It's been on my list for a long time. It, I'm going to do I it. I had really, really wanted to play the original version of the game for forever, and when I heard that they're making a sequel that is actually a remake, uh, I was like, oh, I'm so down for this, because this game is 
the original Pathologic is like notoriously janky, poorly translated, and hard to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, now it's easy to play. Techno- would you like to play? A, but... Would you like to play a Russian game about catching the plague? And then for the past three years, for some reason, I've been like, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. And then they finally put out a version of the game that is easier to control, run, and play, but still has that kind of harshness and desperation that, like, when people say they like Pathologic, like, the thing that works Mm -hmm. about it is how much meters depleting can scare you. How much Uh, it can make you feel (laughs) despair because you have a thirst meter. Because you shot uh, one bullet and missed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That Uh, bullet cost me my life savings. The, like, marquee moment and the big thing that I think sold the appeal of Pathologic in general to me was, like, um, that... I, I think it was the H. Bomber guy video, actually, mm-hmm. but um, one of the things he mentions in that video is um, finally getting a gun and then having to sell it for food. That's, like, a grand, like... It, you know, it's, it's that's the whole metaphor of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's you're so desperate that it's, like, I have to eat. I'm going to die if I don't eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can maybe knife a couple muggers, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that can't eat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Pathologic 2 just cranked up the, like, desperation and meter management stuff in such a satisfying way. The difficulty curve is amazing. I'm going to uh, take the, the complete wrong way and try and learn to get good at fighting in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can do it. Uh, and I think the, the, all, the poverty. <laughs> all the storytelling and writing and stuff is so good, and it is one of those things that's like, oh, we just don't get a ton of Eastern European video games, and so like all their folklore and the types of worlds that they create are just so cool and unique and different, because we get American games and we get Japanese games so often. So I can like clock the tropes a mile mm-hmm. away, right? Right. But when you see like, oh, this is a, a town, it's like maybe literally built on the back of a giant ox, but we don't know. Like it's just like mm-hmm. kind of dripping in cool folklore stuff. When and... you just stick a shovel into the ground, blood comes out and you have to be like, is this a metaphor or not? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it was just so, so amazing. And All right. I have this is only one route of the three routes of the main game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've since announced, after being dark for a while, this game came out, I want to say, in like 2018, maybe. Yeah, they released a depressing blog post about how this game didn't make very much money, even though everyone who played yes. it is a fanatic about it. And I, they're making the next route, but they're going to do something completely different with it, as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to, abide by what, trying to abide by what is already, you know, trying to remake a thing. They're making a new thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm done wow. with that. That's cool. All right. So, Cam, uh, do you have any honorable mentions, stuff that didn't come out this year that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, um, I think it might have been more towards December, but when did um, that Ace Attorney game you guys Oh, man, Great Ace Attorney came out uh, last year. It actually came out in the summer of last year, I think. Okay, yeah. But I gave it to you for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Yeah. So it's the first, it's two games that were originally on the 3DS, smashed into one package and translated into English officially for the first time. Yeah, I, I played a lot of that while I was on, like, you know, Christmas holiday break, uh-huh. which for my job is in January, so mm-hmm. um, I After used to the holidays. Love, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you're done working, then there's nobody yeah. who wants to go outside. I gushed a lot about this on last year's show. Oh, I okay. Really, I re- but no, I'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about it. I'm saying that I love, love, love this game. Yeah, I 
I think it's mostly nostalgia, but I really prefer the early Ace Attorney games mm -hmm. as opposed to the new ones, so I haven't played one in a while. Mm -hmm. Especially since they went back to Feudal Japan, I just have no... These these are the only ones that are in that. Really? Yes. Oh. Well, I guess the concept of this game didn't interest me. So <laughs> I, uh, I don't care for that setting, really. I, mm -hmm. like, I understand why people do like it. But it, especially with these games being so rooted in culture, I just feel left out of the conversation a lot of the time. When they're like, we've never like, had a jury before. What's one of those? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so now i got to listen about this, the Japanese system of government for this long, and like, listen to all the, I, you know. If you accuse, a, if you accuse yeah, a judge of a crime, you can be executed. It's like, what? Yeah. Why? Why? Is that really, is that really that how it works? <laughs> but, you know, the, the charm is still there. As much as I've avoided these games as of late, I do like the core gameplay of these. I also didn't like when they went from 2D sprites to 3D models, mm -hmm. and I still kind of stand by that decision. I think these guys don't look as good as they used to, but I'm, the charm is still there. I really overall. liked the the like one thing that stuck out to me when I was watching you play this mm -hmm. was I really the addition of the jury is such a smart idea. Yeah, there's so many different guys for you to play off, and there's and a bunch don't. of guys who are like you know there's a guy who he sits down and he's like guilty, and you're like I haven't told you anything yet. <laughs> you have yeah, to deal with that. Interesting that they didn't think before to translate their weird guy simulator into the jury. Now <laughs> yeah. I gotta convince this weird guy and this weird <laughs> yeah. guy, and, and they all have guy. a different like game. They mm -hmm. all have a different shtick to that. Um, and they all have like really funny animations when they're surprised yeah. or when they're thinking or the guy with the knife who keeps like yes. stabbing Oh, he was the one I was instantly stuff, thinking like... of where he's like stinking rich people don't know what they're good for and he's like stabbing <laughs> yeah. his knife into the... I do like the addition of the character when I found out the jury is the same No, they add, they, add, they add new people every time. Oh, okay. Alright. Um, yeah, I, I liked it, but... You know, I still I think it is a lot of nostalgic. Well, you, I, did you have the case where you play against Dracula or what? Um, <laughs> oh, wait, the, Van the Zeke never loses. With yeah, the Van Zeke's, and they're like, oh, yeah. it's not that he never loses because he's never lost a case. He never loses because if people beat him in court, they're executed later <laughs> or they die later mysteriously, rather. Yeah, I, I, he grew on me definitely. Um, He's like Emily's favorite character. Performatively <laughs> throwing wine glasses. Yeah. He's, he's funny because he will, he just like trounces the court the whole time and mm -hmm. breaks every rule and mm -hmm. then apologizes about it all yeah. the time, which just makes you hate him, which I he's think a, you're supposed to do. He's it a great makes heel. He's good as, a, as an antagonist. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, good so far. I still haven't finished it, so maybe that says something about it. But um, well, you still I, had fun with it. Yeah, I still had fun with it, and I often think about coming back to it, but I need. Mm -hmm. A long period of playtime to mm -hmm. go through it. So that's my honorable mention. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk about uh, a game that I want to talk about the games that you played, Cam, so that you don't are not beholden to our crazy long uh, schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cam will just be getting up when he gets bored. Uh, which yeah. Is what I, <laughs> I just think that I, I I don't feel the need to insert myself in. I think this is more your guys' thing. And yeah. 
I would mostly be saying, oh, that's cool, or asking like, you to explain stuff the Which whole time, you are so. welcome to stick around and do if you yeah, want. Yeah, but I, I think it's better to keep consistent with you guys who are yeah. knowledgeable about what's going on. you got a movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah I want to <laughs> <laughs> watch New Year's Evil. I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> Maybe I'll come out in two hours. Yeah, 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 I watched New Year's Evil. It sucked. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come out this year. It came out in like 1980. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, so yeah, I'll just start off with a game I actually did play that came out this year, which is Splatoon 3. So, yeah, baby. Uh, I knew I wanted to play this, forgot when it was coming out, found out when it was coming out like a month out, which is mm -hmm. the perfect like hype cycle for yeah. me mm -hmm. of like, I'm not overly anticipating the game, mm -hmm. I just like, oh shit, that comes out in a month. Yeah, and when, when like, you can mark it on this month's calendar, then I can get excited yeah, about it. Perfect. I don't want to find out it's out the day of. Oh, that's fun, but like, it's nice to have a little build-up. Watch the Nintendo Directs and stuff. Man. When buzz. this game came out, listeners, it was one of the things that was like, we were sitting down before recording, and instead of recording, we yeah. were playing Splatoon with each All other. All recordings were delayed by an hour and 45 minutes of <laughs> playing Splatoon. It was especially fun because... All the hosts of the pod got it. Us mm -hmm. three plus uh, Seb. Yeah. And like a couple of our friends got it. And it's a four-player game too. And we're all in the same room to record the podcast. It was a perfect storm of something we all could enjoy. Yeah, it hardly ever happens, honestly, of a game that we're all interested in. It's very because of our diverse interests that make the show good. Uh, yeah. It would also means that it's rare for us to want to squad up in the same game. Exactly. Often. Yeah. Which Especially is... a multiplayer shooter. Multiplayer yes. <laughs> shooter on the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but this game has always had. A lot of the stuff I like about video games, which is customization, a lack of competitiveness, which is weird to say about this game, but I'll get to that in a second. And then, uh, I don't know, I like I like the Nintendo Switch and I don't use it as much as I thought I would. So to have this to play, I played like daily because I was checking the shop all the time. Mm -hmm. And it had the battle yeah, pass. You're all going those, through your battle pass. Those tricks work on me and yeah. I don't like that they work but i like those tricks like i like being mm -hmm. like oh what's in the store now what's in the oh, what? oh if i get to this rank i get that. i love to uh act like i am above all that stuff but one game that came out this year fucking got me mm -hmm. and i will be talking about it later on the show maybe it'll all change eventually but it is getting a little exhausting that every game is this right now. yes yeah. and it's definitely more like i it's, it's something that i grapple with too because it's hard to like it's such so such prevalent a, uh, it's a thing across all these games, and it really makes yeah. you laser focus in on one of them because you can't possibly yeah. do everything in. You can't you Every can't game. play a variety of games mm -hmm. and get the most out of it. Yeah, you. I'm gonna be real with you guys. It, but... I love ranking up. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut that out. Uh, Alex always mentions it, but it's like this game wants you to be the only game you play. Like mm -hmm. that's most games' philosophy. And it sucks because like I I know uh, like I, I for one really like a lot of multiplayer games, and it's just seeing that trend is like oh well I loved Halo Infinite, but. I can't, I, I don't know. I can't keep up. Yeah, sorry. I'm not going to buy the battle pass. I'm going to look know like a schmuck and play a game every so often. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know what they're doing now, but it was like impossible to rank up in that game. So like you were stuck with the same stuff if you played it for, you know, 40 hours a week. It was insane. <laughs> but uh, anyways, Splatoon 3 was very good. I played the first two. How, how are the aesthetics? How are the outfits? How, like, because uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff is the same compared to Splatoon 1 and 2, <clears throat> but the stuff that's going to be different is a lot of the superficial stuff, which is I know what you like. Exactly, yeah. Yes. 
So they went with like a uh, Middle Eastern aesthetic this time, I think. Well, a little bit, but barely. I mean, this is the f- most I got into the story of the game, the single player, and still didn't finish it, but... That yeah, was pretty good. I think Sub's the only one who finished it. Right. I, I finished, finished it. Okay. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. So I, only, I didn't even only World story. 1 is desert. Everything. But I mean, like, where Splatlandia is. Oh, yeah, like Badlands kind Badlands of area. kind of like, uh, what, what are their names? Shiver and... Uh, Shiver and Fry and Big Shiver Man. Shiver and Fry and Big Man are kind of... Maybe my favorite group of idols they've ever done. Ooh, I like Callie and Marie a lot. I don't know. That's hard. As always, idols are meant to be uh, fought over bloodthirstily. Yes, but... and that's why ha- ha- the addition of a third one to do triple yeah. layer Splatfest. And to just name him Big Man. And, and he only goes, hey! <laughs> he goes, hey, yo! Oh, <laughs> like, that's a, a certain demographic. Yeah. There's a big fandom like, around Big Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how could there not be? He's fun. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so the clothes, definitely, I like seeing what clothes they do because they do try and emulate real world stuff mm-hmm. like real world world fashion trends which mm-hmm. i'm usually kind of on the precipice of like mm-hmm. on the outside yeah at least in. enough to recognize that oh these are these yeah especially with shoes like i you know a big shoe guy mm-hmm. so i'm always like oh what's the it's what's the really popular shoe filtered through nintendo's like splatoon mm-hmm. it goes through like five filters and then it comes <laughs> out on the other side and it's like I think that might be the Reebok Instapunk, <laughs> but I don't know. It's like fused with a fish aesthetic and Nintendo's aesthetic mm-hmm. and it's a different color. It's always fascinating to look at. So they threw a couple new shoes in there, but it's always never going to be enough for me. Like there wasn't enough clothes, which they just added more in the update. Which and the locker company. Co- oh, customization fuck, the locker. Stuff. That's all I actually want to talk about. Actually. <laughs> um, Salmon Run was still really good. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part of two. They brought it back for three. Now you can play every time you want. Friend of the show B has a great story where her boyfriend Adam comes home from work at his grueling construction job, sits down <laughs> and clocks in to Salmon no, Run. Oh, that's Salmon what I did. <laughs> I did the same thing but with cooking, so it was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah I love the I don't know if it's like uh, sick sadism but I no, love it's the, uh, it's, it's, it's fu- it, it's it's funny it's funny it's funny yeah like the, you work a bad job in the video game which yeah. somehow is it doesn't pay fun. you enough yeah, in the video game yeah what the fuck <laughs> your boss is an asshole and you're in life life impending danger my know. boss is a statue I don't get paid <laughs> enough for this shit <laughs> my boss is a bear um uh yeah uh what was i gonna say oh yeah the lockers the lockers was really 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 good idea great addition you can customize your own lockers now there's a new shop where you buy little trinkets and then you put them in your locker what more could i ever ask for i don't want to customize my character i want to customize my little locker where I and put my people can see your locker if they've and been online with you recently them. and they could see them easily too like they yes. did the whole splash tag thing uh-huh. which is like your gamer tag what do you call that in a, a regular game like your your emblem your, your yeah. emblem like your call of duty like when you uh, kill someone yeah. it shows up on the other there's screen. a word for that in cod i don't know who called. knows but um uh, i think it's like uh, no it's not splash tag it's not gamer tag but um those are really cool but they're so detailed and only visible for a second so you need to look at someone's name title background and medals mm-hmm. in like a span of like two seconds so there's no time it's cool for you but there's no time to look at it otherwise uh great game i could play it right now and still have a great what did you like any of the new weapons because they did what the splatbrella uh, is new and the splatana i think the splatbrella might not be new is it i don't know um and then what 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 is new the the, the, the splatana is new 
Splatana and the bow. I the think bow is new. Yeah. The bow is actually really fun. It got too overpowered because they had the best super, and now everybody hates it. Because there were only like two bows, and mm-hmm. one had the really good super, and you could spam it pretty easily. The mm-hmm. Splatana is pretty fun for Salmon Run. I didn't really like it for the PvP. Mm-hmm. But this game just looks so good. Mm-hmm. Like I could lose yeah. 100 matches in a row. I just like seeing the ink on the, on the screen. Mm-hmm. It looks cool. I like the color combination they chose. They're definitely chosen with um, intentionality. Like, they're usually contrasting colors or complementary colors. They look really good on the screen. They fixed my number one gripe with Splatoon 2. Oh, what was it? uh, Which was that when you got to the last 30 seconds of a match, it would play the same song every time. Yes, In Splatoon 1. And then in Splatoon 2, it was the same song. Yeah. So you get three years of Splatoon One, where it's the same, where every match, no matter what the music was, it was the same song once it got to the last thirty seconds. So you're hearing it. That's low health jingle. Exactly. Yeah. It's like fun. Yeah. It's good if you're only playing for twenty minutes, but if you're playing for an hour, you hear this. Or if you play for a year, every week for a year, and so like it's it was one thing that was seriously getting under my skin about Splatoon Two. Uh, even though I liked the music in that game. And then in this game, they finally fucking changed it. They did a really good job in the music. Yes, I agree. Um, um, it's great. I really love it. I look forward to continuing to play it, but the Battle Pass shit is a little impressive. It's uh, Yeah. I like this game who like more than the last two of these. I played a lot more multiplayer than I did in the last two of these because I was playing it with people that I knew. I was sitting yeah, down yeah. and playing it next to people that I knew. I love the splatling gun in this game. I think the, uh, oh man, there are so many good guns and, and fun weapons in this game. The Hydra splatling and the Tri Slosher are favorites of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was all about the roller. The roller's great. Uh, I roller's became great. a roller guy for sure. They actually did some good weapon tweaks. In yes, they did. I would I would absolutely agree. Which I'd never looked to a Splatoon for like patch notes and mm-hmm. stuff, but like... Yeah, Nintendo's not usually, not known for that at all. No. Not keeping up a, fixing any yeah, problems. They will ship um, the game and then it's done. I have some friends who are it. really, wait, really wait, into wait competitive years. Smash, and patches ravaged that game, oh. for sure. Um, they're trying to keep up with the times. But they, um, they did fix, I think, the roller. The bucket was a little less fun in this game, mm-hmm. I think, which was my main last game. But overall, really fun. Yeah, Good great stuff. game. Um, I'd like to briefly chime in and say that I really enjoyed the campaign of this game. Uh, the campaign of this game is built a lot off of the DLC for Splatoon 2, which was the uh, the Octo expansion, uh-huh. where it is short individual missions where at the beginning they ask you what gun you want and give you a small objective, like don't get hit at all by these little waves, you got to jump over them, or pop every balloon on this grind rail section, or... Uh, you know, make it to the end, killing every enemy, or paint these walls, or whatever. But it's like something that you can do it's like in a, a minute. Middle ground between a WarioWare and a Mario level. Yes, yeah. it is <laughs> the exactly. levels are so short, too. but they're, they're crazy. But you know, there's it's like great. a fucking hundred of them, and oh, you don't. That is a plus. In and my yeah, mind. and you don't very, have very to play all of them. I skipped a ton of them because I was like, okay, I have enough, you know, uh, power eggs to to get to this one section or this next section, and I would, you know, be. Uh, optimizing what geometry I could go through, but I was having fun, Mm -hmm. and I liked that it would force me to pick different weapons than I would normally use. I never use the dualies. 
and I would have to use them sometimes for the uh, for missions. Yeah. And I find that fun. I find it fun to because like you know it, if the stakes are a lot lower in a single player game than they are in a multiplayer match. In a multiplayer match, I might not want to experiment with a new weapon. Yeah, I'm not letting um, my teammates down. I'm yeah, that's fine. the thing. You're yeah, you're <laughs> hindering someone else's experience. If you're I I don't want to just fuck around with the Splatbrella in a multiplayer match, but in a in a you know single player mission that might be fun. Um, sticks the landing has a fun ending. Uh, and I, I really liked it. It was great. Yeah. If I if I'm sorry I've talked so much, but I'm just gonna quickly run through other games that came out this year that I sure. know about. I watch uh, a streamer Jerma a lot of the time, and occasionally he'll play a new game that came out. So I probably spent a couple hours with this game, but never played them. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alex might talk about it later, but the Stanley Parable uh, update, yeah. DLC, whatever yeah. you want to call it's it. It's basically Stanley Parable 2, and that's kind of a thing exactly. that they reveal in the game. But, yeah, it's kind uh, of like <laughs> part of the joke it, it's, is that yeah, it is that. There is the entirety of Stanley Parable 1 and then a lot more. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it was really I'll, funny. I'll chime in, I have got a bit to say about totally, it. Totally, Talk about it like, a little bit. Yeah, so uh, that was, look, really fun like watching someone play it doesn't really impact the or doesn't take away too much from just playing it you're still getting the jokes and you're still getting all that stuff really funny really inventive looks good just fun game uh power wash simulator uh, that's just like that's gonna grab streamers and, and people who you know work their grueling power washing job yeah they clock in <laughs> get that satisfaction one more time <laughs> They nice. just get finished at their job at the Salmon Run factory, and then they come <laughs> yeah. home and they play uh, Power Washing. I've just... heard that that game goes places towards the end, though. That's why. Like the Power Washing you're, UFO you're, or You're what? cleaning up Atlantis, I believe, at one point. You're draining the swap in DC, I believe. <laughs> uh, the Cuphead DLC, Nick and I are going to play once we get out of Cuphead yeah, Dale. I'll talk about that on the way out. Um, looked really good, obviously worth the wait, probably. Uh, hope they make more. Uh, 20 Minutes Till Dawn, kind of like an offshoot of the Vampire Savior... Survivor. Survivor. Vampire Savior. Not the other one. It would fucking rule if it was a Vampire Savior offshoot. I do like Vampire Savior. (laughs) Um, Vampire Savior... Oh, jeez. Survivor. Survivor. Practically invented a a new genre. Maybe there's some old games you can look into that kind of really invented the genre, but really, Mm -hmm. this game really made it popular. 20 Minutes Till Dawn, is that infused with Enter the Gungeon a little bit, where it's like a point and shoot? Mm Mm-hmm. So I played a lot of that, like actually. A, like I a, think that was my second most played game on Like Steam. the evolution of a twin-stick shooter, almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really fun waves of enemies, cool. upgrades, random upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last I have Red Dead Redemption 2 on here because that was my most played game of the year, and I started playing in November. <laughs> yeah. It is incredible. It shoots right up to probably my top three games I've ever I'm, played of all time. I'm really happy that you got into this. Me too. For years, I've been like, because uh, I played it, uh, you know, around when it came out, and I was like pretty into it. But you and I play games so differently that I, I figured yeah. you would either hate this right away or it would be your favorite thing ever. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. Cam, <laughs> uh, so we got to thank em- Enemy of the Show Emily for this because yeah. Yeah. Um, Cam's like, I need a new video game. And Emily's like, like all right, what do you want? We, we got- found out that, yeah. Nick, uh, what do you want to say? Wife, partner? Wife. Say whatever. It doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> Nick's Emily and I have the same uh, taste in games. I realized this year, and so I wanted a new game to play. Went over there, uh, asked her if I could borrow some things. She lent me a bunch of Assassin's Creeds, and then I saw a little game called Red Dead Two on the shelf, and I said, 
can I borrow that? I've always the, thought I might like it. The, yeah. the best best part of this was that um, when I played it, I also borrowed her. Borrowed yeah, we're playing the same <laughs> comedy. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's it's the Death Stranding all over the again. Traveling, uh, <laughs> Red, Dead? Red Dead. And when I play it, I will also be playing that comedy. Yes, you should. Oh my god, it's incredible. You, that, it requires you to eventually be done with it. So, mm, yeah, know. yeah. I'll I wonder if this is going to be a Death, Death Stranding situation where yes. I'm going to have to... Yeah. I, I have just been I've been so happy you've been getting into this yes, because like I've been reliving it through you playing it again. It's yeah. literally turned on downstairs right now and yep. why I'll probably get up after this is to go play more Red Dead. It's yeah. and I cannot wait for you to get to some of the story stuff that I really love. And you've already seen some of the good stuff. That's and... the thing is I love it's rare that I love everything about it. I love doing the story and I love dicking around doing nothing and I love being evil and I love being good and I love riding <laughs> my horse and I love Shooting bears. Not riding my horse. <laughs> there's nothing I don't like about the game. I've never played a GTA all the way through, so maybe I'm just discovering Rockstar's video games for the first yeah, time. Yeah, Red Dead has always been a little bit higher profile, a little bit more. It aims for more than a GTA. There are a also lot less cheap jokes, and there are a lot. There's they have a lot more to say, maybe. Also, <laughs> yeah. because even if you fuck around in Red Dead, like you know. You're still in an era where it like costs money to get a haircut, like an un, a money an amount of money that you might not have. In, <laughs> whereas in the real world, like or even in GTA, in the modern world, it's likely that you will be able to afford a haircut. <laughs> I, I have had the scenario of I need money. Should I rob people less fortunate than me to get money? <laughs> Kill the guy for eighty eight cents, and then I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> the moral weight of that is just, especially when your girlfriend is sitting right next to yeah, you. You're gonna, have, like, you're gonna get you just shoot that guy for fifty cents. <laughs> it's like it's he's not real, honey. You have to go through that whole thing, and then you're. The next Why don't you just price. sell some pelts? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go shoot some foxes. Is that better, man? Yes. Oh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it's worth more money. <laughs> worth more than a human life. Uh, but yeah, game of the year, Red Dead uh, Two. Yeah. It's it's still being updated in DLC. So Arthur Arthur Morgan, one of my favorite characters in games. I love him. Great. Yeah. I love that he's not. This sounds dumb to say out loud, but he's not a good person. It's mm -hmm. not like when you play a role-playing game and you're playing him evil and then in every cutscene he wants to help everybody. Mm. I played The Witcher 3 for the first time this year and uh, when you try to role-play Geralt as evil, he's like, mm, I'm not like that. <laughs> I wouldn't do this. I'm going to kill you. I wouldn't do Normally I wouldn't do this. My but... Henry Cavill is but yeah, uh, I'm excited else. to hear what you guys have to say. But uh, saying that, I'm also probably going to get up and leave. Yeah, go ahead. Right there. Yeah, that's all right. Absolutely. But yeah, game yeah thanks for chiming in. Yeah. Sorry all right. to take up so much time. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. This is going to be a long one anyway. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a I'll, long I'll probably listen to it later. So. All, right. all right. I might actually, looking at the time code right now, I might split this into two episodes. Not two recording sessions, but release. I may split it into yeah. two episodes. okay. So it's easier to edit. <laughs> I... I'm pretty sure Seb has a message for us, too. I don't yes, know if we want to weave that in later. I but. can le uh, Let's read it off uh, a little later on. Yeah. We'll take a break at some point, and I'll, we'll read it off. All right. Um, so why don't you go first, Alex? Uh, what is the first game on your list for, for uh, 2022? Elden Ring. Elden Ring? <laughs> Ooh, a big one. 
A big one. It, it came out at the beginning of the year and also was the best game that came out this year. This Every game that released this year, before or after, it, is in the shadow of Elden Ring. And yeah. we were talking about it last year when we were just like, hey, what are you looking forward to next year? And I said Bayonetta 3 like a fucking idiot. Oh, a game I haven't even played, which I will. I will get to that. And on next year's uh, Game of the Year, they're going to be saying, it was pretty good or whatever. Yeah. But uh, no, I never got to it. But uh, yeah, like... Yeah, fucking, it's... It was a game that I I was really happy with how they handled this because mm -hmm. they announced that it was a game that was coming out mm -hmm. and then they simply shut the fuck up for like four years. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it wasn't that long. But they just didn't talk about it until the game was like, oh yeah, it's coming out this year. And then they put it out this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and man, did this game fucking come out. Yeah. This, game, this game came out... Like a fucking meteor comes out of the clouds and smashes so, into the planet Earth. For, like, a good stretch of, like, five or six years, we had a new Souls game almost every year, mm -hmm. pretty much. But, like, they kind of annualized Dark Souls, or at least those kinds of game. Uh, and it definitely was getting old. As much as I like Dark Souls 3 and I like Sekiro and I like Bloodborne... Uh, they were. Um, I would just like to say that spiritually, this is incredibly funny for a franchise whose main theme is that decay is bad, and the new <laughs> yeah. and the new needs to replace the old. They were kind of playing the hits, especially towards the like later Dark Souls three DLC mm -hmm. stuff, where they're like, "Well, let's you know." What about the biggest dragon we've ever made? What if, <laughs> how huge could we make it? Mm, let's do Gwyn. Uh, Gwyn has another uh, daughter. Yeah. It's like, oh, weird. Okay. Um, what if what if uh, another dual boss where where it's like two guys, except one of them has three phases and the other only has one. Uh, what if a duo fight where you have to fight them both, you have not only have to kill both of them, but then they combine into a third boss. It's like, okay, <laughs> hey, come hey, on. Hey, come on. <laughs> they should only do one of those. Um, I was just so happy that they took the time to make a game this complete, this generous, and this just, i it's huge. It's so... It's beautiful, it's so too. much more than I ever could have wanted. It's was like the biggest surprise. And not that like I, I was expecting a lot from them and they mostly did it. I have gripes generally, but this game is just so huge and so generous and so fantastic. I was very cynical about this game coming out because I tend to get annoyed by the wor by the words open world and yeah. games that do that. And Cam, who just left a little bit ago, has been saying for years that I would like the Insomniac Spider-Man, and I don't think I would like the Insomniac Spider-Man. Because, like, that shit is not for me. You know? Yeah, I think it took me a while. When I played this game, I really wanted to treat it like a Dark Souls game. And it took me a minute to really adjust my feel for it, where I, like, to kind of fold more exploration than I'm used to into that kind of rhythm. Because I, you know, built up you know, a good couple of years and a good thousands of hours of, like, uh, muscle memory, a feel for playing a Dark Souls-type game. Mm -hmm. And it took me a bit to kind of get rid of that. I, my first experience with this game, I, like, did most of the tutorial stuff. Mm -hmm. I got to Limgrave, the first area of the game, uh, explored a couple caves, and then went right to the first major boss. And I'm like, well, this sucks. I'm not powerful enough to fight this. Yeah. And I, I was a little bit too stubborn and not wanting to go anywhere else. But of course, once I did, I found an entire video game. <laughs> yeah, they are not fucking around. Yeah. I have a, an incredibly similar story. So yeah. this is March of last of this year. And um, 
Uh, yes, March of 2022, and uh, it is Emily's birthday, and we are going to have a party for Emily's birthday that she insists is not a party for her birthday. Mm. She just wants to have a party that yeah. happens to be on her birthday. <laughs> and so we are getting ready for it, and then we're ready, but the guests haven't arrived yet. And I'm like, well, last night I installed Elden Ring. Let me let me try it. Yeah. And I'm running around, and right in the beginning, uh, after you do the t- main tutorial area, there is a side area that you can only enter if you picked a certain thing as your starting gift. And of course, I'm like, I've played these before. Uh, the, uh, the thing that s- says mysterious sword key, of course I'm picking that yeah, as my starting gift. And I run down there, and so for the uh, until the guests arrived, I was going deeper and deeper into this like horrible dark dungeon with a giant wheat spike chariot that runs you over if you're if you yeah. uh, are very dark it. souls yes. too. <laughs> and then I make it to the bottom before the guests arrive, and the boss is just it's not something that I am going to be able to kill. Yeah. Because the the I didn't play any of the game yet. All the game is outside the world. I didn't even go above ground yet. Yeah. And uh like when I finally did, uh later that night, I think, I wanna say after all the guests had left, I turned it back on and I went above ground and I started exploring and I was in awe at yeah, this game. This game stunning. is Absolutely. truly incredible in so many ways. It made me feel the thrill of discovery in a way I have not felt yeah. in a long time. Like, we talk a lot about the sense of wonder that a game can instill in you, and uh, it's corny to say because there, it is a game that certainly has flaws, but uh, the last time I felt this maybe was Breath of the Wild. Because Breath of the Wild, yeah. I made a point to go in blind, and there, it's been five years, I can say this, there is a, a point in that game where you can see a dragon that yeah. is not, like, mechanically interesting, but it is incredibly visually cool. Yeah. Like, it only shows up at night, it glows, and you're like, can, do I shoot it? Do I ride it? What do I, what do, I do with this? It's like you're experiencing a miracle and you don't know what to do with it. You don't know what to do with yourself because it's so yeah. special. And Elden Ring has something like that happen every 15 minutes. Yeah, you jump over a hill and you see the fucking walking mausoleum, the big guy, big oh, stone yeah. guy with the bell, and you're like, that's what the fuck do I even do with this dude? He's do cool! I, do, a health bar is not appearing, does that mean I don't fight him? And it's like, well, you don't have to. He's not going to attack you unless you deliberately uh, run under his feet. There are so many of those moments in this game, mm-hmm. and like, uh, From Software and Dark Souls games in general have re- are like kind of famous for their like uh, vistas, like coming out into a thing, like being dropped right into Anor Orlando and seeing this whole huge new area in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of skeptical that this game would be able to deliver that with an open world. There are like five Anor Orlandos in this. <laughs> there game. are like a hundred vistas every. You you would play this game for an hour and you'll come across five vistas, five things that you're like, holy shit, that's a, you know. A, a place I can go, which is like a you know an open world buzzword, but also like I know there's going to be something cool there because mm-hmm. these guys know how to do it. So one of my favorite, I mean, and we could do this for the rest yeah, of the show. This show could be four hours long, <laughs> and we could only talk about Elden Ring because there's so much in it. There's so much game in it. Yeah, I've, I played, played, I've played this game through completely twice, and I have like a third playthrough sitting there to pick up. But uh, I have played, I put like 100 hours into this and I am not even close. I've been, just been kind of leading myself little nuggets to pick up on. You know what's I know insane? I'll be playing this. For I did something that I never years. do with this game. I put 88 hours into this game, one playthrough. Yeah? Never. I never, ever, ever do that. Emily loves to be the completionist with games. She loves to check everything off a list. Yeah. But for me, once I was done, once I had the opportunity to move on to the new game, plus, I was like, 
oh, there are some bosses I haven't killed, though. Yeah, like, yeah, like, there are a couple of guys I never got. And yeah. it turns out there are a couple of guys that I couldn't have even got because I didn't make the right story choices, yeah. which is so cool. And I had a blast with this game. One of my one of the uh, moments that I had that I truly will stick with me forever is something that also happened to me in Dark Souls 1. But So I was especially sure that they could not pull this trick again. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 1 has an incredible trick to its world, which is that you start on what you think is solid ground, like sea level, but you find out that you're actually like hundreds of miles <laughs> above the ground. Yeah, it just keeps going down. And down, <laughs> and down, and down. Yeah. And you get to hell with lava <laughs> and demons, and you, there's stuff under that. Yeah. There, <laughs> and Elden Ring does this even better because you are playing in a like country-sized area or yeah. like or a state-sized area I guess that you can ride around in and you think oh so the world expands outward there's going to be islands and fjords and all these places that I can go to that so it's going to expand outward if I follow the sea line I'll see everything but yeah. that's not true you go down <laughs> an elevator and there's I, an underground uh, world that you couldn't see before and you're like okay this is cool. This is like a place, a way for me to get from place to place. It's like a tunnel system. It's a way for me to get from place to place without traveling over uh, hazardous terrain. But you can go down from there. <laughs> and, and there's something under that. And then there's something under that. Yeah. And then, you're not going to believe this, there's something <laughs> underneath that. The underground is absolutely staggering because I, like, even up up through my second playthrough, kept finding places to go down and entire areas that I didn't even have mapped of the underground. And I think it's so striking coming down from, I, the, like, Mistwood area mm-hmm. is where at least I found the first elevator yes. down. Yes, that's and also I found it. And it I found is, it, and I'm like, okay, this is a weird building. It's going to lead me to one of those identical <laughs> catacombs that I've seen a million times. You go in, nope, whole new area. Older area, all new enemies. And it's stunning. It's so pretty. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh my god. And then when you're like, okay, so this is a cool new area, that's great. But if you didn't find that, when you beat Star Scourge Radon, the game <laughs> is like, well, if you didn't, just in case you didn't find this, we're going to cleave the game world open yeah. and show it to you. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. It's really cool. It's so cool. Um, one kind of more notable thing, one of one of my the like moment that really sold me on this. Mm-hmm. Not that I needed selling on Elden Ring. I was mm-hmm. already like in love with the game previous to this. But I think uh, like Stormvale Castle is such a strong opening dungeon. Like because in the lead up to that I was like, "Oh, this is a different thing for them. Mm-hmm. It's an open world. It's cool that they've done this." But I am kind of missing the traditional Soulsy levels. Mm-hmm. And then when you walk into Stormvale Stormvale Castle, it is the biggest one of those levels they've ever made, Mm -hmm. it feels like. Again, with multiple (laughs) levels, there's dungeons, basement levels, a first floor, a second floor, battlements, there's a courtyard. It's a full, giant castle. It's just the domain of, like, one boss. So it's, like, this whole area that is probably, like, twice the size of the opening area from Dark Souls 3. Uh, But... It's just there for one boss, and you could go around it if you want. You don't mm-hmm. even need to do go in there yeah. once. No, you don't. <laughs> um, and it's that kind of confidence that I really, really admire from software, and it's a thing that you don't get in a lot of other games. I really, it's, a lot of video games will make you go and explore most of it, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout the course of the critical path or whatever, you have to do all the great souls, or all, you know, you have to yes. go beat the five bosses. This game is like, oh, just pick two. 
<laughs> and I gotta say, listener, normally to me that's a godsend because I want to blast through to the end. Uh, not because I want it to be over with, but because I just, as you will find out by listening to the rest of the show, I love to, I crave novelty so much that I fill my time with a ton of new experiences rather than truly lingering on, on even some of my favorite ones. Mm. But uh, this game defeated me. I <laughs> was given the opportunity. I was given a gold, a blank check to go to the credits if I mm. wanted to. And I said, I'm not done yet. I, I'm, I can't go. Yeah, I, I have I to see keep, what's up with this. I have Haley to see tree. everyone. I have to see the Haley tree. <laughs> I have, there's a volcano over there. I got to see what's going on in the volcano. I have to go underground. I have to talk to the witch. I have yeah. to... I have to go to the party. There's a party. It's the Radon Festival. Oh, I gotta yeah. go to the party. That was another fucking jaw drop mm -hmm. moment for me because mm -hmm. there was a little bit. I was doing a little bit of discussion like with other people who are playing the game and so like some of the games chats that I hang out in. But being able to like compare notes to be like, oh, I made it to Redmain Castle and there's a party here, mm -hmm. and have someone else be like, oh, there, that was a whole area with enemies, and I'm like, what? Like yeah. I, I had a completely different experience of this yeah. level. It all depends on the order you go and see it these is, guys in. It's like that was a fucking mind blow. So it's like, this, what? Th it's reinventing the fucking Mega Man X thing where the order you visit the levels yeah. it matters, and you don't have to do it in a particular order except going to Chill Penguin first to get the dash, <laughs> and. Um, but yeah, we could really go on for hours. Yes, so, it was, so give me your favorite boss, and we'll move on. I This is a boss that I didn't really learn how to fight properly until my second playthrough when I did Magic only. Ooh, um, I'd love to do one of those. I really... So my first playthrough I did um, melee only, because that's mm -hmm. kind of my tradition. I do a big strength weapon, and that's it. Um, the... The whole time in that first playthrough, I kept getting spells and being like, holy shit, that sounds awesome, but I'm not specced for it. Mm -hmm. So my second playthrough, I said, all right, fuck it, I'm using leveling faith, I'm leveling in, and I'm only using magic. Mm -hmm. um, on that playthrough, um, Godfrey slash Horalu, a, yeah. a, a boss that you fight towards the end of the game who is this kind of distinguished Listen, warrior. If you, if you go back to March uh, when this game came out, I'm pretty sure I'm doing an impression of the narrator in the opening of one of the episodes, <laughs> and I'm saying, Horolu, chieftain of the Badlands, and uh, the loathsome dung eater. <laughs> he is this kind of distinguished warrior that you've heard about in the lore, mm -hmm. uh, and then you uh, knock his health bar down to half, uh, he tears his stand off of his back, mm -hmm. and then uh, becomes a professional wrestler. Um, he's got cool. uh, he's got all of Alex's moves from Street Fighter Three. Uh, I don't know how relevant that is. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody will like oh, mm -hmm. appreciate that. Um, but this was a guy I kind of just had a bunch of HP and walloped on my first playthrough. My second playthrough, I had to play it a lot more tactically, and I just really, really learned his move set, and I love that fight. It, I think the end game is a little unreasonable with what it asks you to do, mm -hmm. as far as fighting like eight bosses in a row, all of which <laughs> are really annoying. Mm -hmm. uh, but that boss in particular was a highlight for me. Um, my biggest moment of elation with a boss fight, it's hard to say my favorite because there are so many with... Uh, there's one who, if you somehow haven't played the game, I cannot spoil because the, the thing that made this boss so cool was that it was a surprise and that I killed it on my first try. Mm. Um, so I can't, I'm not going to say that one. I'm going to say, uh, do you remember... What is this thing's name? It's the gargoyle with wings that's guarding the waterfall area in the underground. Uh, I think it's the... I, I want to say Valiant Gargoyle. Valiant Gargoyle. I don't remember. I think that might be the one you fight in the snow area. But it's... Yeah, the big stone guy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's a fucking bastard. I hate him. He, he sucks. <laughs> He's, I hated fighting him. But 
But like more so than all the big story fights, more so than millennia. Partially because I cheated, but um, because <laughs> well, I brought help, which uh, you're yeah. not is some people consider cheating. Uh, but I was very cathartic to me yeah. for millennia. God, we um, didn't even talk about the ashes. We don't no, have time for it. No, it's we great. don't. We don't. It's cool. Um, <laughs> it's incredibly cool. It's good. And if you think that you shouldn't be allowed to use them, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. They put it in the game so that they, you could use it. To, yeah. Allow yourself to have some fun. I promise <laughs> it doesn't make the game too easy. At least it might have originally, but not anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I believe it is the Valiant Gargoyle, uh, the Valiant Gargoyle Duo, which is a trick they love to pull. They, yep. they, they did it in Dark Souls, they've done it in Demon Souls, they did it at every fucking game. Yeah. Uh, there's a boss that's really tough, and you get it down to half health, and another one shows up that's also at half health. Yeah, And Classic these trick. guys, man, I thought I had fought every combination of two guys with weapons, <laughs> but they put you in a, uh, like a small pond that's being filled fed by a waterfall yeah and uh they it's a big big gargoyle and it breathes poison and it has a weapon and for some reason this guy was a brick wall for me he is really hard. i couldn't stagger him i couldn't do enough damage i couldn't get away when he attacked because he had wings he could follow me everywhere it's one of the like th this game is really actually pretty good about mm -hmm. letting bosses be weak to status and uh -huh. everything these guys are immune to every status yes these guys are immune to every status because they're made of stone what are you yeah, gonna do sure. but um and they are guarding some incredibly cool stuff like yeah. uh incredibly oh, yeah. cool environments and areas and these guys fucked my shit up and they're not the most visually interesting bosses they get repeated later uh there's uh one standing outside of an area i warped to accidentally that made me so mad when i found him <laughs> um and Yet, these guys, just this small experience, the beautiful boss arena, the amount of time I spent fighting these two assholes, <laughs> made me get Stockholm Syndrome for them. I genuinely think that they are an incredible boss fight because they stopped me in my tracks, because they made me think seriously and critically about what I was doing. I was, like, counting the amount of jump attacks I could do to stagger them yeah. and running away. And, like, like getting, like, I was thinking about it in a way I didn't think about it with any other boss, not because the other bosses were too easy, but because just of the way this one was built. And I thought that was really special. Um, so, needless to say, Elden Ring is an incredibly fucking good game. We yeah. both love it. I mean, it's like, uh, we're only, like, two years into the decade, but I have a hard time not seeing this game come up on mm -hmm. any of those best yeah. game of the decade lists it is a triumph. It what I would once, love... Yeah, once in a generation. I feel like it's financially feasible for From Software to take a five-year break from this. Yeah. And what I hope, to God, is that their newfound publicity and money means that the new Armored Core will be a success. And I would like it if yeah. they did that for a sure. while. Because I, I, Yeah, I do think... I, I do hope that they try something else. I think that I this mean, is... They've... Uh, Perfected the form, maybe, of this kind mm -hmm. of game. Maybe if they tried making a different kind of game, they could also do that. For yeah. Um, <laughs> Armored Core is going back to something they did before they did this. Yeah. And they, they have said in interviews and stuff that I have heard. Yes. Um, they're not, this isn't like a Souls-like. It is, no. they're making an Armored Core it's game. It's not Robo Souls or any no. shit like that. It's not the Surge. Nobody cares it's about that shit. It's going to be a weird nerdy game where you build a mech. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this game, this game is fucking awesome. It owns. Um, coming to a game I have a little bit more mixed feelings on. This was my first play of the year, something that came out right in January of 2022. Mm -hmm. This was Pokemon Legends Arceus. Oh, wow. So Pokemon Legends Arceus was a game that I had initially said, I'm not playing that shit. It looks fine, <laughs> but I'm not playing that shit. And then Emily, as happens with every Pokemon game, is like, but what if we got it? Yeah, you know, what, it, what if we what if we could we could get it and we could get it and there are new Pokemon to collect because she loves collecting, and 
I'm like, okay, fine, but you're in the middle of playing something else right now, so I'll play it first, and I'm just going to reach the credits, because I don't care about collecting them all. I don't care about cashing them all. I'm going to reach the credits, because I want to play it. The thing that made this game, the thing that really interested me about this game, and the thing that ended up being what I really loved about it, is that you can catch Pokemon without engaging in a battle. Mm, just throw it at them. Yes. It's because it, the element of surprise and sneaking around and having stealth elements, and folks... It's, it only took them 20 years, but they put gameplay in a Pokemon game, <laughs> and I quite liked it. Uh, that's um, That was what was special, because, okay, look, the game didn't work a lot of the time. There's like stuff about this game that just straight up doesn't Not work. Common trend. All, we'll be revisiting that point yes, maybe later. Yes. All, the, <laughs> all of the, the models look pretty bad. The lighting's bad. The environment is one of the blandest that you've ever seen, but there are like 230 Pokemon in this game, and... It's fun to, like, sneak around and to watch them in their natural habitats to see where they hang out. They only appear in certain areas at night. They only appear in certain weather. Uh, to sneak up behind them and catch them, and this means you can catch things that are way higher than your level because you don't have to worry about your Pokemon fainting. And also, what, in an incredible move that I wish they had had the balls to do beforehand, the Pokemon can attack you, not your Pokemon, you. If you piss them off, if you make direct eye contact with a wild animal, just like in real life, it will try to attack you because it's scared. Yeah. So that cool. means the Snorlax with glowing red eyes that you see and you're like, level 60? My highest thing's level 5. I, what, if I, what if I just threw a bunch of great balls at its head and see if I could catch it. You can catch it, but if it sees you, it'll just try and kill you. <laughs> which is fun! The stakes aren't that high, but like, that was truly fun for me. Like, that that moment, that gameplay moment, and like having boss fights where battling the Pokemon with your Pokemon isn't the really the end goal. It's avoiding this giant Pokemon's huge attacks. Yeah, you have to do like a dodge. You have to like dodge these guys for a while, yeah. right? It's like, not like bullet hell, but there is like mm -hmm. that kind of gameplay in there. Yeah, waves and patterns. It actually kind of remind, reminded me a little bit of Fury with no parry. Oh, okay. um, but I, that, I found it to be really fun. And I didn't stick around to do the... If you catch every Pokemon in this game, there's a really cool post-game. I didn't see that. I'm not going to see that. I'm not going to bother with that shit because, frankly, the game has too many problems. But it was a massive step in the right direction for a franchise that has had not enough yeah. steps in the right direction. <laughs> They've also been taking steps uh, yes. in no direction. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, and I just, uh, all the new, po like, setting it in the past before all this technology that makes the Pokemon world good. Yeah, uh, I think that that is a cool gimmick. Um, one of the things, one of my hangups, well, the reason that I didn't get and play this game, because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be good. I, um, I was also not sure. <laughs> I also, like, don't like Gen 4 very much. And setting this in the past of Gen 4 specifically mm -hmm. seems like a weird move. I guess yeah. it was because the remake also came out this year. But. That, and I also think it was because uh, when they looked at, like, the story they had built for this region, they're like, oh, this one stretches back the farthest to, like, the most ancient Yeah, Pokemon. I guess that's true. It is about the, yeah, the, the legendary in Gen 4 is, is the creator deity. Yes. So, that tracks. But, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was so, I, I thought, I found this game to be quite fun. Uh, it's not topping any of my lists but i remember at the beginning of the year coming over here and playing it on a big screen and you guys going whoa and like some of the dumb things i could do like yeah. you know flying around on a braviary uh and looking for pokemon way up in the sky like there was a fucking magneton that was like flying cool. like 600 meters above everything else and i was like oh i can yeah. throw a ball at that and try and catch it and like stuff like that you should have been able to do that on the ps2 you know on the ps2 era i mean sure. like pokemon coliseum should have worked this way but it didn't yeah and, and like they they haven't Adding 
kind of things that seem basic to uh, a franchise and genre that desperately needs it was made made this great. It was it was just great. What can I say? Yeah, and I will definitely be talking about Pokemon later. I'm yes, sure. for sure. Um, but I was happy to hear that this did well and people liked it because it was a really good sign. Like I wasn't even sure how to feel about Scarlet and Violet until people started saying that this worked and mm-hmm. then the new games would be kind of like this. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely. It was good to hear this. I, I'm glad that people like this. Uh, all the new forms looked really cool. I can't wait to get be able to play with them in the yes, new game. Yes, definitely. <laughs> all right, what's your next one? Oh, what do I got? Uh, and we can stagger this out. I know I have more on my list than yours. If you want me to do two in a row, I can do that. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to get through my greatest hits probably, and then uh, I'll start throwing to you more often. I think. All right. Um, uh, we mentioned it a little earlier, but Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe came out mm-hmm. this year. Um, I didn't even know that this was going to have any new stuff. Uh, and this <laughs> kind of came out and then like a week or two went by and then I had I'm annoyed that I missed this one. I would like, I would like to play it's it. It's great. I, I mean, I was a big fan of the original Stanley Parable. Um, it is, uh, I think it is one of the funniest games. It is like, it is not a comedy game really, but it is a game where you will laugh a lot playing it. Um, it's like meta in a really fun way and it did that it did a lot of that stuff before that stuff was annoying uh, I think Uh, like weird meta commentary about gosh we're really in a video game right now huh Um, they polished up that original game uh, re fully re-released it and then added basically the entirety of Stanley Parable 2 into it Um, this is kind of a frog fraction situation where it's like God, I love a frog fraction situation there's a lot more to it than you'd think and um, you they do make you replay a couple of the endings of Stanley Parable 1 and then they open a door that says this way to the new content <laughs> uh, and there's like a big circle and it, you know it's all in the game world you as Stanley mm-hmm. walk through the new content and the narrator uh, sets you on a little uh, a little thing showing you some of the new stuff of the game and then you guys basically make the new game together uh, and you walk through like a really amazing ex- expo floor style presentation of Stanley Parable 2, we're going to have this bucket. There's going to be this thing. And mm-hmm. it's just all rapid fire, really funny jokes. And um, the narrator is great and, you know, has always been great. Um, it's hard to talk about because all of this stuff is, it's jokes. It's fun to see. It's, the novelty is there in experiencing it. Um, I also really like they... Uh, in the original Stanley Parable, there's a uh, an ending you can get where you um, uh, the narrator basically creates a new game for you because you're clearly not interested in this one, uh, and it is just a bunch of video game references. So like in the original game, it was like oh you you go to Minecraft, yeah. and you go to Portal, yeah. and it's like oh that's cute. It, they completely changed the references for this one, wow. and it's been really it was really fun to discover the new ones that they put in there. I gotta try this out. Um, that sounds really great. Yeah, it's it's a great package. You know, it, it probably only the, the new stuff probably only took me an hour or two, but it was some of my favorite time playing games this year. It was great. All right. Well, next for me is a game I wish I had had occasion to play more of this year, which is The King of Fighters 15. Ooh. So I was really looking forward to this game when it uh, what, uh, last year, right before it had come out. I was like, "Oh man, I can't fucking wait for King of Fighters 15." Because uh, no, thanks I did to not know this came out. <laughs> thanks to uh, bad reasons, um, thanks to bad money reasons, SNK has enough money to uh, to make a game that doesn't look like it should have come out on mobile instead. Uh, and um, allegedly, King of Fighters 14, when it came out back in 2016. 
was something that had spun off from either a mobile or pachinko project, and that's why the graphics were so bad. Now, the game did look visually quite bad. However, the gameplay was fun, and a lot of people liked it. I enjoyed it casually. I've never truly been good at understanding King of Fighters in the same way I like other fighters. Uh, in I think one match takes a little too long in King of Fighters because you have to go through all three guys. Oh, now, okay. um, so it's a team fighter? It's a team fighter, but there's no assists, right? So when you Got beat it. one person on someone else's team, fades to black, next guy comes in on that person's huh. team. Okay. It's really fun. The gameplay is really good. I would, if you would like, I would love to try it out with you sometime because these games, I think SNK has the best character designs in the fucking business. Like, yeah, Terry looks cool. Ter like Terry him. looks cool. You got Geese Howard. Oh, yeah, Geese you got uh, fucking Kyo and Yori. Um, this is this is a fighting game, and it is from the the classic era of fighting games. And there is a ton of stuff that like could put a new person off about King of Fighters that I think sounds more complicated than it actually is. Like. When you want to scare someone away from playing King of Fighters, you say there's four different kinds of jump. But when you <laughs> but when you actually play the game, you're like, oh well, I'm not thinking about that all the time. That's not really relevant to me in every second. And like, for me, King of Fighters 15 has a, a really incredible cast of characters. There's so many fun characters. Like I was like spoiled for choice in terms of who I wanted to put on my team. I kept making lists like, and there's like six fucking grapplers in this game. Wow, you're eating good. I am eating good. And then, in DLC later on in the year, they added three guys from Samurai Showdown, my other favorite oh, SNK fighting game. They cool. added Haomaru, Nakaruru, and Darley Dagger, who are all incredibly cool. And they balance them a little bit by making it so the hitbox of where their swords are is not quite extended all the way to them how, to match how their swords are, because if it was, it'd be really annoying to fight them hand-to-hand. Right. Hand. Yeah. But... This game, I played. Uh, I played a bit of it, you know, with some with some friends at the local this year, and I really enjoyed it. But because it didn't catch on as one of the things we were playing every week, I didn't truly get invested. Like last year, my number one game of the year was Guilty Gear Strive, because I got into that game, and I still played Guilty Gear Strive this year. It's still, I think, one of the most my most played games on the PSN's thing, and that doesn't even count all the fucking hours of it I played on somebody else's console, like. That game is really good, and King of Fighters 15 is also really good. It's a different flavor of fighting game that does different things. Combos in Guilty Gear Strive are short. You can't stay in the corner for too long because you can be smashed through the wall. Uh, the corner is incredibly deadly in uh, King of Fighters 15, and <laughs> you can jump. Jumping at someone is so powerful, but also the risk factor of being hit while you're in the air and being knocked up into the air for a juggle is so insane. There's a guy who, all right, I have to explain this a little story. So there's a character who used to be called Nameless from King of Fighters, okay. the, I believe 2001, this character was originally in. And when he was into King of Fighters 2001, he was just uh, Kaneda from Tetsuo, from, not from, from Akira. He was yep. Kaneda from Akira. All right. And that's, wait, no. No, he was Tetsuo. He was Tetsuo from Akira. All right. So he's like got flesh arms okay. going out all got over it. the place, and that's his powers. Cool. And they're like, we love this character, we love his moveset, he has a lawsuit waiting to happen, we can't include him in any more games. That was, you know, tw uh, 25 years past, <laughs> and then, or, or, yeah, 21 years past, and they're like, we want to use him again, what should we do? So they give him a, like, disguise. His flesh arm is now a robot arm, but it can do a lot of the same things. He's wearing a big pair of, like, snowboarder's goggles to cover up that his face looks exactly like Tetsuo's. <laughs> and he's got 
new blue hair. Right. So, and this guy has a move where he spins his robot arm in a circle and it creates a circle of fire around him. And this move is an incredible anti-air. If someone jumps at you and you use that move, they are fucked. <laughs> they are so fucked. But jump-ins are so powerful, they can start such big combos. You are going to want to jump at people, mm -hmm. but this guy can fuck you so hard for jumping at him. And like, you, he does this wheel of fire, it spins them up into the air, and then you activate your super, and he's just charging up this giant arm cannon, so much so that right when you fall down from being knocked up uh, in the air from the fire wheel, you get shot by this giant arm cannon. And when funny. I was at Combo Breaker back in May, and that shit happened to people <laughs> on the big stage, everyone's like, oh my god, why'd you jump there, you dumbass? So all of that is to say that even though this was not the game I put the most hours of like ranked grinding into, this year, this is a truly great fighting game that I, I have That's to recommend cool. if, if you are the kind of person who enjoys that sort of thing. It is not as complicated as it sounds. It is not as like terrifying and arcane as a lot of people think the genre looks. Like that you can only do this if you were playing in a Japanese arcade smoking cigarettes for 15 <laughs> years. That is not true. You can have fun with this. And I it, it comes highly recommended for me. Great. Yeah, sounds cool. I didn't even know that came out this yeah. year. Yeah, well, sure it came, well, it came out back in February, yeah, and okay. it's not one of the ones that I bring to every gathering. <laughs> uh, all right, I think I'm going to do my Destiny 2 roundup real quick. Let's do it. Um, probably, I mean, my uh, without a doubt, my most played game this year. I'm still addicted to this uh, piece of shit game. Uh, but uh, this year they dropped, uh, in February, they dropped their latest expansion, The Witch Queen, which... Uh, is a really nice step in the right direction for them, uh, both story-wise and features-wise. Uh, this is the first expansion they've added to the game that I think has a story I would consider okay, uh, or maybe worth playing uh, if you already like Destiny 2. A lot of the sto main stories of the expansions are a thing you put up with, so you can uh, get to the... So that you can get back to your job yeah, of Destiny 2. Your fun, the fun gameplay and grinding out the guns that you want. Um, this story was actually pretty decent, and um, it, there's it's a whole other problem that you might not have context for any of this if you haven't already played Destiny for four years or whatever. But um, the events that happen in the story are interesting and set up things that will happen in the next expansion, and I hope that they continue this trend of making the story actually okay. Um, the other thing that they added um, was a very classic Bungie Halo-style uh, legendary campaign option. Um, <laughs> Destiny 2 has always been too easy unless you play like the highest of high-end endgame activities. Um, it is always trivial to play. Um, and that's kind of what they're going for. You know, they never want to give the average player too much challenge. The legendary campaign... Uh, scales with your level, so you can never out-level it. So it'll always be interesting and uh, challenging and require to use a little bit of your brain while you play. Uh, maybe consider using some cover. And uh, that stuff was all so fun, and um, they really rewarded you for jumping in and doing that because it gave you a like uh, a higher-leveled uh, set of armor after you complete all the missions on Legendary, so you were... Uh, you basically get to skip like half of the level up grind for the, uh, that expansion by uh, doing this thing that is fun and challenging and interesting. 
Um, they also finally, finally let us replay campaign missions. It's a thing that you could not do. I can't believe that you could not do that before now. That seems could, kind of crazy. You could if you played it on a different character. Oh, come on. But you, could only, <laughs> you can only hold three characters, and you would have to, yeah, anyway. And how long does it take to get a character made? <laughs> um, it's a pain in the ass. It sucks. <laughs> uh, but... Um, this was great. I, I'm really. They said that the next expansion is going to be doing these two things also, and I'm really excited to uh, jump right into the legendary campaign in February when Lightfall comes out. Um, they've had four seasons worth of drip feed seasonal content since then. Um, it's been kind of stale. Their seasonal model has been getting a little bit tiring, um, but they've added some great new dungeon and raid stuff. Uh, all of that stuff has been awesome, and I think. They might have said somewhere that they're going to keep adding this stuff at, at a good clip. Like Basically every like three or four months there's a new dungeon or raid to play. And like that is perfect for me, a person mm-hmm. who plays this game too much. Um, but yeah, no, Destiny's been great. I, I'm excited for what they're going to do in the future. And I, like for once in my time playing this, am looking forward to where the story goes. Because mm-hmm. they've actually set up something I give a shit about. Uh, All right. So, yeah. That's great. Destiny. Um, I always admire hearing the uh, Destiny updates or the, you know, the Halo updates or the or uh, from Seb, the Warcraft updates. We'll be hearing from our our Warcraft correspondent a little later on in the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, because I respect that because as someone who, like, never sticks with a game like that for very long, like, mm-hmm. the closest was Monster Hunter World, and even then I wasn't involved with doing stuff every day. It was more like... Once yeah. I had seen every monster, I was like, okay, I can dip. And then I didn't even do that with the DLC, although it was very, very cool. Um, like, I, I respect, like, the work it takes to make a game that you come back to every day or every week or every month even. Yeah. Like, genuinely feel fresh and feel good. And I know those Destiny people are putting the fucking work in. There was, uh, since you wrote it up, there was, like, a GDQ uh, talk, or no, a... Uh, not GDQ. What is the other one? What is the game developers one? Uh, GDC. GDC. Thank you. There was like a GDC talk that one of the heads of Bungie gave recently, and that was like it was all over the like mm-hmm. uh, Destiny YouTuber space because they're like, oh, it was like them laying bare some of the strategies that they mm-hmm. have with the game, and it's like, oh, well, it is keep people playing all the time, and like, oh, that sounds bad, but it's also like one of their biggest things, like their goals in transitioning from shipping a video game like they Mm -hmm. did with every other game before destiny to making you want to play something every day Mm -hmm. is like they just have to keep it coming like it truly doesn't matter if the things that they're shipping work or are good as long as they release it they can Mm -hmm. fix it which is a a really weird priority but it definitely sounds like a bad place to work but not a bad game to play (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't know Uh, as long as it keeps coming out people mm -hmm. will keep giving a shit about it even if it's bad (laughs) Now, um, there were many success stories of the 2010s in terms of things that worked and that other people wanted to ape. Other companies that were as big as uh, the kind of people who could buy Bungie, your Activisions, your EAs, your your Sonys, your your Microsofts, they were all like, why the fuck don't we have one of those? And there were a lot of attempts. (laughs) Yeah, it takes a lot of work, actually. Nobody, you can't (laughs) just make a Destiny. It doesn't just happen it's you can't they look at them. they barely did they barely did in fact the first one was a huge disaster when it came out yeah and um and then two was also a disaster when it disaster. came out yeah and that but look at where they are now yeah. but a lot of people don't have the patience or money to 
be able to fail yeah that you would have had to like made four halo games in order to be able to get that kind of clout and money yeah um it's, it's interesting it's it's a game that i do still enjoy but i definitely think um well we'll see where i am when we do this next year but <laughs> i think i will be scaling back my uh time and enthusiasm uh for destiny a little bit that uh, steam review get you sweating a little bit <laughs> no, well i don't know i i've been a, a little uh I've been trying to be more cognizant of how much time I am spending literally doing nothing but sitting there with a video game on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I could probably do anything else with my time. I, (laughs) uh, this is going to sound weird in the middle of the Game of the Year episode, but I have absorbed a lot this year that it has nothing to do with games. I exposed myself to a lot of classic Mm -hmm. films. And this is going to sound incredibly stupid. It's been a big year for movies for me, too. Yeah, this is going to, I've, I've read some good books and some awful, awful comic books. And um, I've also, uh, as of this recording, been reading the great American novel Moby Dick. Oh, which is good. It is quite good. I've also been doing that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, 100 Best Books also came out this year. So, That's you right. know, we got to talk about yes. that. But um, even though all of these games, we, we're going to talk about how much we love all these games and how many games we've played this year, uh, you should also expose yourself to more than that. Um, yeah. What I was complaining about in our holiday hangover episode is also true for some, your media diet in general. If you only do or consume one thing, you are going to have really weird uh, kind of ideas about what you should expect from any kind of <laughs> story or game or anything. Yeah, also the novelty wears off. It is yes. like hard to be jazzed about playing a bunch of video games when like that, oh that's all I do with my yeah. time. You're actually. going to you should be able to get excited about something. When we talk about the wonder and magic of Elden Ring, some people are like I don't get what's so good about Elden Ring. It's like that's because you need to do something besides play video games. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you can experience the wonder and magic. Even just like oh movies are good this year. Oh, movies man. were quite good yeah, this anime year. Anime's been really good lately too mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so next next for me is something that is totally worth being cynical about, which is multiversus. Something that I cannot Mm. believe had not been done successfully up until this point, because like Destiny, when you look at Smash Bros. and you say, why don't we have one of those? I can make that. If if you have a giant, (laughs) if you're a giant company, if you're head of a giant media conglomerate or video game company, you go, look at Smash Brothers. Look at what they're doing over there. How come we do not have one of those? (laughs) And the answers are numerous. You could say, I'm not Masahiro Sakurai. I haven't been developing this game for 20 years. And then they say, that's not a good enough answer. Well, you could say, "Uh, our characters are not as iconic as Mario. And then they say, that's not a good enough answer. You could say, well, every time somebody else made one of these it flopped and made no money Mm. that might be a good enough answer for somebody but not good enough for wb right before a horrible merger uh (laughs) they had been working on this for a while and i first found out that this game was happening because there was a stir online through people who care way too much about this shit that all of the dc and warner brothers characters were being removed from fortnite because the licensing deals were changing and it's like, well, what are they doing? Then somebody's like, here's my, uh, here's, uh, I was, you know, in a focus group, I uh, broke NDA to post a photo of this. And it was a character select that had fucking Rick from Rick and Morty, Batman, Gandalf, and uh, Arya Stark on the character select. And everyone's like, okay, that looks kind of awesome. That's kind of awesome just based on that. And then the game gets put in beta. And uh, no, friend of the show, Noah, gives me a key. Thank you, Noah. So I was able to try it out. And I'm like, actually, this game is really fucking fun. It has ideas to it that are not just, we're going to do Smash 
but with popular media characters. Yeah. There is a genuine game design ethos to it that Player First Games has a really cool idea with. For starters, it's very much based around doubles. There are some characters who are supports, who don't work as well in a one-on-one -on -one fight. Uh, like Steven from Steven Universe, which is weird to say out loud. Mm -hmm. um, this is a platform <laughs> fighter with a lot of Warner Brothers characters, and Warner Brothers owns a lot more than you might think. I was uh, shocked to see <laughs> some of the roster. <laughs> the, the Turner Broadcasting cartoons, there's, uh, for example, you've got Finn from Adventure Time, you've got uh, Steven from Steven Universe, you have fucking uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, your DC characters, you have Tom and Jerry, wow. you have Bugs Bunny, the Iron Giant is in there. Yep. Uh, two gremlins from Gremlins, Gizmo and Stripe, oh, yeah. are both in this fucking game. I do want to play those. Um, the funniest one, of course, is that... Uh, the funniest one used to be Arya Stark, uh, because <laughs> it, she's uh, so tonally out of place. Yeah. But then the funniest one became LeBron James. Yeah, of course. Real uh, person LeBron real James. Real person LeBron James. <laughs> NBA MVP LeBron James. <laughs> the second greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James, yeah. uh, is in this game and he plays in a really interesting way which i mean like because for me i would have played this game if it sucked shit because i wanted to play as superman and get all the costumes sure uh because i'm a you know i'm a big fanboy for that sort of thing and i like platform fighters in general yeah like, even if this sucked it would have been a fun novelty right like, the the nicktoons one that no one talks about yes. anymore it's like oh this wasn't that, that one, fun to play but uh, that one <laughs> suffered a critical money deficiency it actually has a lot of really cool stuff in there oh, okay. but because of the critical money deficiency it, the game launched without voice acting huge yeah. huge unforced error uh <laughs> the, no voice acting um and re weird sound design and sloppy uh like hit detection all that stuff could have been fixed with more development time or more money, which Viacom is not willing to give. For some reason, like Warner Brothers Interactive <laughs> was willing to give this game a ton of money and development time, tons of effort put into promotion, paid the voice actors, got maybe the last performance from Kevin Conroy for Batman. Yeah, ooh, and um, this game, like, I have fun running around playing as, you know, Superman. It didn't need to be good. Sure. But... It is a fun game, and Alex and I had a fun afternoon yeah, with playing with great. our friends. Just I would definitely love to do that again. Yes, I, I, I want to play Gizmo. I forgot that he was in the game. I'll bust it out tomorrow. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll bust out the Xbox, wired Xbox 360 yeah, controller. I want to see what he has to do. We'll do a free-for-all. I've never actually played a four-player free-for-all in that game. I think yeah. that that'd be fun. This game was pretty good. Um, it, gets, it does not make my top three of the year, not because it is bad, but because it is predatory. <laughs> it has... Yeah, it is free-to-play, which I think is fine mm -hmm. uh, it is it, nice to be able to just install this on your computer plug in some controllers mm -hmm. and be able to play it with and someone and crucially if you are playing local multiplayer you and your friends you can play as any character there's no costs nice uh, alright so if you are going over to someone's house and they have this game all the characters are unlocked for you there's no extra hidden costs there however if you would like to play single player online against oh. other people that the characters that are not in the free rotation, which is something that Killer Instinct, a game I quite love, also did. Um, the games that are not in the the characters that are not in the free rotation cost uh, currency that you can get in game, but it's incredibly slow progression, yep. and they expect you to pay for them. You so what I did, right now well, I was like, whatever, I'll pay for this game like it's a real game, and I'll just unlock a bunch of characters, and I did, and I still have some leftover currency in that game that I don't think I'm going to need <laughs> or use because what I found is that even though this game is fun online and I quite enjoyed dunking on people with Superman, my thing that I enjoyed a lot more was every now and then being like, 
yo, my Bugs Bunny is kind of schnasty, though, and then <laughs> literally dropping a cartoon safe on somebody yeah. who's sitting right next to me. That's more fun. That's what I would rather ha- get out of this game. I don't need to unlock all the costumes, even though I will admit, player first games, you guys made some really good ones, yeah, I would begrudgingly if say. If you're going to sell the costumes, <laughs> a lot of them were fun. Yeah, the fucking What's Opera Doc outfit you can put <laughs> on Bugs, where he's Brunhilde and all that. It's like, all right, look, I would love to say that this sucks and is a predatory microtransaction, but, you know, the beach outfit for Iron Giant is quite nice. <laughs> uh, this game is good. It has uh, bad music and uh, bad microtransactions, but uh, don't pay for it and play it with your friends. You should, you'll have a yeah, good time. It is fun. I enjoyed mm-hmm. this too. Yeah. All right. What's, what do we got next? Uh, all right. I think I'm going to crack into Weird West. Oh, yeah. I saw that you were playing this and I didn't ask you any questions about it. <laughs> so this is a game from um, a couple of ex-Arcane Studios folks. Um, I think one of the heads on Dishonored left the company and this was their first game with whatever new studio they founded. Um, on paper, this would is my perfect video game, almost. Really? Um, when I heard about this on Twitter, it had, like, every buzzword I was, like, sold. I'm like, okay, X-Arcane Studio people, mm. uh, a studio that I love. Some of my favorite games ever are Dishonored and Prey. Prey, and Dishonored. Deathloop, and all Deathloop. those great, great games. Talk, that has been talked about on multiple Game of the Years that we've done. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then they're like, oh, okay, it's a Western-themed video game. I'm like, oh, perfect. One of my favorite settings for media. Perfect. I love this. Uh, it uh, has a little bit of Fallout influence. I'm um, like, okay, another game that I love. Uh, and it's a immersive sim light. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll be solving problems in interesting ways, uh, traversing a wasteland, and rootin' tootin' shootin' guys. Uh, absolutely sold. Um, in practice, at the video game that they released, it is a little more complicated than that. I quite enjoyed this game. Um, the other big back-of-the-box feature is that there are five, I believe, different playable characters. And um, instead of picking one to play, you play through them in order as you progress through the story. Mm, that's cool. And so uh, you start as a um, kind of unforgiven style bounty hunter who's given it all up. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a woman to start, um, and she has given it all up, married a man, and uh, he is kidnapped. And so you got to dig up the guns that you buried in the backyard <laughs> and get them back. Um, it's kind of a magical realism world. There's like a little bit more mysticism to it than, right? I mean, it's the weird West. It's not quite the old Hell yeah, West. baby. Um, now, this game is in black and white, correct? I, well, that would be cool. Okay, uh, I'm confusing it with a different game. No. Uh, no? It is a... Um, <laughs> it's kind of an over-the-top, uh, almost twin-stick shooter. It's a, it's, it is in color. It is kind of a... Um, I don't know how to describe the art style, but it is a, it is a very stylized visual style. Um, you can tell they were like doing the most with what they had uh, as far as uh, quality of the models and everything. But um, it plays kind of like an over-the-top CRPG, except you're walking around with WASD and aiming a gun in 360 motion with your mouse. Um, the, once you complete the Bounty Hunter storyline, uh, which only took me like an hour or two, mm-hmm. there is like, a, you know, you go to the town, you go and uh, find out where he's being held, and you, you know, go in guns blazing, pretty much. Um, it then switches you to another character. 
And like that's kind of the main gimmick where now you're playing as someone. I think you play as the pig man second, um, who is like this man who's been turned into a half pig, half human abomination by like a witch. Uh, and then uh, you are immediately way lower status. Uh, people treat you a lot worse because you're a pig man. Uh, and so you get that kind of change in perspective as you talk to people and you visit places you've already been as someone else. This with... is really good. I actually like this quite a bit. I think that's super cool. And it reminds me of... Okay, so there are a couple games that do stuff like this. Um, uh, Live Alive, the, the remake came out this year. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't play it. Alex didn't play it. It's nope. uh, so we don't. Cool. So we're not going to talk about that. But nope. there is there are games that do this sort of thing, but not in the way you describe, where it gives you an order to play them on. Yeah. Something that I a game that I really loved back in 2020, uh, 13 Sentinels: Aegis Rim. Mm. This the game with the shittiest title uh, mm-hmm. does something really cool with this concept. So I do love it. Yeah. Um, the one of the other like biggest like this was a back of the box box like Steam page feature mm-hmm. that I really liked was that oh you'll switch characters but they still exist in the world um, through like the story fuckiness they don't remember what they did while they while you were playing as them uh, but you can go and recruit them so you can add uh, when you become the pig man you can go and add the bounty hunter to your party uh, and since you already know all of their abilities and stuff you can use them. Uh, and that is the only way you'll get to uh, get back the inventory you had while you were them. That That's stuff does not carry over. Um, so uh, you, when you start out as a new character, sometimes you're all the way across the map from where your old person was. Uh, so you are. It, it does kind of a cool reset of the like skill curve, the progression curve. It's like I had a bunch of money, but now I kind of have to start from nothing again. Hit me with the name of this game again. Weird West. That's what I thought, but I, I just wanted to make sure I got it right. It is. It's fun. I think you. It is a short game, and you play five characters. So you like the individual quests you're doing as all of them aren't interesting enough. I think it is like I had wished maybe they settled on three. Like pick three good ones, and then just spread that out a little differently mm-hmm. because I. Dropped off this game about halfway through, I want to say, and then didn't pick it up for another six months until I finally finished it off. Um, and I enjoyed it. I don't. I think what they were going for with the story was cool. I liked where kind of the mystery went with why you're changing perspective so many times and who you really even are as this spirit that seems to be possessing these people. Um, it's really neat, and I'm so, so excited for what they decide to make next, because I think this is a really good first game from a studio that can make my favorite video game. <laughs> All right, there um, we go. Um, okay, so what I have next on my list is the second to last fighting game on here uh, for me. All right. And um, that is, oh no, wait, I lied. I have I have two more. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, look, it's what can I say? It's my, it's my favorite genre. Uh, yeah. and, I didn't realize that many fighting games came out this year. Well, here's the thing. This one did not get a commercial release because this is TMNT Cross Justice League Turbo. It could not get an official release without being cease and desisted to death. Mm. Um, And we are incredibly lucky, folks, that the uh, company of Warner Brothers is such a mess right now because I think that if they bothered to, uh, you know, treat this like other companies would, it would, this game would simply not exist. Um, And this is maybe my favorite fighting game of the last five years or something like that. This game fucking rules. So, so in order to explain where this comes from, 
This is a passion project made by a very, very small team, but actually gameplay-wise being put together by one person who I met. Kamikaze, you are the bomb. You rule. Okay. Um, so this game is a labor of love made in Ikemen, which is uh, a kind of a spin-off of Mugen as an engine. Um, but it has a big splash screen when you boot it up that says, this is not Mugen. <laughs> uh, so don't get it twisted. That's but this, um, this game is a mix of two Super Nintendo fighting games. TMNT Tournament Fighters, a game that is quite fun, has a uh, very lively community, and I recommend you try it out. The su specifically the Super Nintendo version. Um, and Justice League Task Force. A fun bit of trivia, that was one of Blizzard's first games. Whoa. A Justice League fighting game. Weird. And because it was made in the 90s, you got Mullet Superman. <laughs> um, so, there you've got some Justice League characters and some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles characters. This crossover is already pretty good, but it takes characters that were not in those original games and adds them in. Mm. Uh, like you've got my personal favorite, Bizarro. You've got Reverse Flash. Uh, you've got... The hypothetical fifth Ninja Turtle that was a cancelled concept from one of the movies ah. called Kirby, named after Jack Kirby, because of course they're all named after artists. That's funny. Um, and there's this game plays in a way that uh, no fighting game that is coming out right now does. He, his uh, inspiration was listed as the uh, kind of horrible disaster uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken that came out back in 2013. <laughs> which had a really interesting tag mechanic and really interesting juggle mechanics, but it also had these really crappy microtransactions and half the roster was locked on disc DLC. Okay. So there are reasons that people didn't like it when it came out, but there was gameplay stuff in there that was really cool. The way that you could bounce people off of walls, the way that you could juggle them in the air, the way that you had two different kinds of super resource to activate, all that stuff is cool. This game is really fun as a one-on-one, -on -one, sort of slower pace than something like Guilty Gear or Melty Blood game that is still really fucked up and crazy you can do all these like overheads and command grabs and mix-ups and the you know batman is a dive kick character because of course he is yeah, at yeah. every movie and every cartoon batman's thing is he opens his cape and he dives down <laughs> on you and kicks you yeah. so of course batman's a dive kick character and um bizarro's inputs are all backwards from superman who has oh norm normal my inputs God, no way yeah That's it's funny. really good and when he, you activate a super he says Bizarro here to help you. And then he like, hits the ground oh, and you wow. fall in and Superman takes you up into the air and brings you down in like this big command grab. Bizarro takes you underground because he's doing it backwards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the the Flash has a command run and uh, all the, the Shredder, like the regular Shredder, there's also the Omega Shredder who's a different guy. Sure. But uh, the Shredder is like an incredibly great defensive character because he's wearing a bunch of armor so he can like you know like uh kind of turtle up and and do all these cool things every character in this game is fun i had a blast playing this uh they, there's all these little easter eggs and fun things they brought they got composers who worked on old fighting games artists who worked on old fighting games and playing this at combo breaker being in the tournament for it and um even though i had not played this game a ton getting to play against the developer and no oh. and like even being able to like this game has a really great single-player mode where you unlock different colors for your characters, and there's, like, dialogue, and there's, like, story <laughs> moments. There's all this cool stuff that didn't need to be in this game. That didn't need to be in this game. This game is a labor of love. It has been worked on for so long, and this this year it reached 1.0, and next year 
is when this game is receiving its last update. He's like, I'm done. I'm not. I'm going to be working on something else after this. Because this game is not... He's not getting paid for this. Yeah. And of course he's not getting paid for this. But, like, honestly, man, you have made maybe my favorite fighting game in a long time. There are so many... Too many characters that I love in this game to even talk about. I could start talking about fucking Darkseid having, you know, uh, M. Bison's head stomp as a move. Or I could talk about... Wonder Woman being able to, like, lasso people from halfway to full screen. Oh, or the fact good. that uh, a Michelangelo plays, like, Guile. Uh, <laughs> and, like, he's, a, like, a fun, defensive character. And, like, playing against my friend, friend of the show, Tyler, who doesn't normally play fighting games, we had a blast with this. He used to play fighting games with me years and years ago. And he jumped into this like he had been playing it his entire life. <laughs> and I want you to know that you can expose new people to this, and it's just as good. People will find the fun in there. And this was just truly something special yeah, in a way that I cool. had not experienced. I love a fan game. It's yes. Like, it's sometimes, like, you hear the story of the guy who works on this alone for 10 years uh-huh. and comes out with a masterpiece. Or, yeah. You know, like, just it's, something it's something a, that no one else would ever make. <laughs> it's, it's, it's AM2R, you know? Yeah. It's Or it's the fucking Mega Man X Corrupt Mission or whatever that one is called that I never remember the name of. Yeah, well, it's somebody who just has an out there idea and they're like, well, what if... Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Justice League fought the Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. It's like, all right. Well, it's and then of course he thinks, well, I should start by writing the story for this. That I would, I would also do that, but <laughs> I can't make this game in yeah. the way he did. It's really, really good. Cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that one came out. Uh, all right. Let's see. What do we want to do next? Uh, okay. I think I'm going to talk about Proteus, because this is a game I didn't finish, but okay. did enjoy some of it. I don't even know about this one. I've never uh, heard of it. Proteus, as mm-hmm. opposed to Proteus, I mm-hmm. think is a different game. Um, Pro- Proteus is a, a Doom-like that came out this year. It's very much trying to go for original Doom, but with better levels. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect, because Doom's level design is not very good, even though that game is really good. Um... It is, uh, it is a, a, a not so strict to not let you look up or, n- or not let you jump, but otherwise it feels pretty spot on from the aesthetic and tone that Doom is going for. Um, they even have a toggle between if you want to use 3D models or sprites. What? That seems like so much work. Yep. <laughs> Fucking Dragon Quest Eleven has that toggle, but it like literally changes the whole game around. Yeah, so like you, the enemy models both have a 3D uh, model or like a Doom style front facing sprite at all times. Um, all the monsters look good. Um, the guns feel great. Uh, it is a, a nice classic style, you know, boomer shooter as people call them now. Uh, good fun movie shoot. Uh, some fun secrets to explore. It is kind of like a a Martian. Uh, base that you're on very very doom um, mm-hmm. I got a little tired of it I, I think my kind of I really really like first person shooters and what I, is the what is the main thing here would you say does it does I, it have a main thing it's it is really trying to be uh, more doom in a way that uh, I think it is Almost, I, I don't want. I can't say better than Doom, but I think it is. It heightens that type of gameplay in a way that I really value. Um, it the levels are more memorable or more easier to navigate uh, when you're doing key card hunts for a, a, a blue key. Uh, it helps to be able to know where you're going. <laughs> um, and I, 
I had fun with this. It is, I don't even know how far through I got, but um, I really like first-person shooters, but I kind of had a limited appetite for this kind of thing. I picked mm -hmm. this up because it looked really fun, and it was really fun. I, it just was not quite fun enough for me to play all the way through. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, on my kind of nostalgia zone for first-person shooters is more the more the Halo Half-Life sphere, so like it's a little bit newer than what this was going for. Um, like Dusk is one of my favorite first-person shooters ever, and that is so much more squarely in my interest zone. Uh, but playing something like this that is evoking something a little older was still really fun. Uh, and they have kind of a persistent, they have like, uh, you know, things you can find to get upgrades to buy more guns, and it's like, oh yeah, unlock the super shotgun. It was a thing I had to save up to buy, and it's like, oh, it's cool now that I get to use it. Um, there are, like, extra levels you can get by finding collectibles. There's a lot of that there if you're, like, the secret hunter type of person. Um, it just didn't... I, I'm sure that they were going to add another episode to this, and I might try that as opposed to finishing the one that mm -hmm. we have now. Because um, I think they could... You know, if they kept working on this or whoever made this decided to make another game, I mm -hmm. would probably still play it. Think it's a good first effort? Yeah. All right. All right, next on my list, next was Elden Ring, but we already did that. So next on my list is the game that came out right after Elden Ring, the, 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 my next most anticipated thing in March, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Mm. So Kirby and the Forgotten Land is something that uh, I have been looking forward to since looking at Nintendo Power screenshots in 2003 <laughs> because it, they had said they were making a Kirby GameCube game that was actually 3D, which is something that had a really troubled development and never got made, got turned into three different games, including this one. So, <laughs> Was uh, Kirby 64 3 or no? It was... No, you couldn't... Okay, so it's on a 2D plane, right? Okay, you couldn't right. go into the background. So I figured if any of them would have been actual 3D, it would have been that one. That would have been the time to do it, yeah. yes. And um, then with GameCube, they're like, okay, we'll do it now. We, you know, The hardware's better. Uh, we got time to experiment. And they had this little gimmick that they really liked about... Kirby's little friends uh, riding on top of each other, like stack all stacked up like a <laughs> like a fucking Lego set. Uh, it's really adorable, and they ended up putting that in Kirby's Return to Dreamland, which came out in 2011 for the Wii um, or 2010. But anyway, um, so all the things, all the gimmicks from this game, all the gameplay gimmicks, made it into other games. Kirby's first like kind of 3D thing was Kirby Air Ride, which did come out on GameCube. It was a nice, fun spinoff that we all like. Uh, and uh, if you are playing on Dolphin emulated, that game just got fucking rollback net code. Uh, oh. Yeah, I like last week as of this hilarious. recording. So it's yeah, online. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, yeah. So like you know, Kirby Air Ride comes out. Kirby's Return to Dreamland comes out. Uh, all these different games kind of take from what this three D Kirby game could have been, and it just never comes out. So you think they must there must have been some gameplay problem that just made it not fun, that made it not work. And you could think, oh, well, when you lose your power, does the star bounce around in a way that's, like, really hard to get back? Or maybe it's that uh, determining where where you're facing and what enemy you're going to suck up is, like, harder in 3D. Or maybe they just didn't like the way the levels were designed or whatever. It could have been any number of reasons. But this game shows me that they took their time because they wanted to do it right. This game is really, really good. And I generally, some people are sour on Star Allies. I liked it. I didn't think it was especially innovative, but uh, I appreciated all the fan service and I thought it was fine. But this game is like maybe, this is in competition with one of the best Kirby games ever made. 
along with Robobot, which was on the 3DS, and then uh, the Superstars, which are go way back. Yeah. But, like, this game, its main gimmick, aside from being a fucking 3D Kirby game, is that you can upgrade the powers now. Oh, okay. So... I you, think you're gonna go for mouthful mode, but that's yeah. Well, mouthful mode is a, is a gimmick, but it's more of like a level gimmick, right? Yeah, like okay. where you you have to find it in a level in order to stick Kirby's yeah. mouth onto something and then I, operate it. I watched the direct where they announced this. Yes. I don't usually watch directs like day yeah. to day, but I that was like all over social media was him eating the car. Yes, it was like oh that's or the vending machine. It's like. Weird. All right, it is cool. weird. It's like, well, why doesn't he just inhale the whole car and then like turn into car Kirby or wheel Kirby? It's like, no, he just sticks his mouth on it and operates it like an outward parasite. And it's actually some of them are actually like really adorable or really fun. The traffic cone one. Is my traffic cone one's really song. good. Um, there's one where he like it's like a big circle. Uh, I don't know what to call it exactly, but. It basically turns him into one of those air flingers, like you pull that, you pull back, and you shoot a puff of air at someone, yeah. uh, because it has stretched his mouth out into a big circle. That's funny. Yeah, so that's fun. You can swallow like a like a glider and glide around. Um, that stuff is good, but being able to upgrade the powers is kind of fun. It adds like this almost like progression element into Kirby that wasn't really necessary before, but it gives you a really cool secret to hunt for because in order to upgrade a power, you need to find the blueprints. To the next uh, level of that power. Cool. When you find them, then you pay like a resource that is like a finite amount in the game. It's not like you could grind for them infinitely or something like that. Um, you pay a resource to a little waddle wearing a craftsman hat, <laughs> and he upgrades your power to the next power. So you start with needle power. You know, Kirby has little spikes come out of his head like a hedgehog. Then you get clutter needle, and clutter needle is like pencils and springs and like cacti <laughs> and everything it's like a, a bunch of bullshit comes out of his oh, a bunch of fun. sharp implements come out and it when you let go of the button instead of just retracting they all fly off of him and do <laughs> damage to a bunch of things around you and the game is never truly hard enough to require these extra uh, abilities but they're fun they're fun to play around yeah. with they're cool to see again an ability that probably wouldn't work in 2d is the uh Oh, I think it's called Ranger. So you get like a you you start off in your little cowboy hat and you have little guns. Yeah. And when you upgrade it to level three, you have a, a you become Space Ranger. So you have a <laughs> you have a little astronaut helmet and a little ray gun that does a shit ton of damage and a, like a targeting reticle and stuff like that that works better because it's in 3D. And the premise of this game that you're going to some alternate world that's already been ruined, but it's inhabited by a ton of cute animals, so who cares? Yeah. Like this is this world that you're on is absolutely post-apocalypse, like <laughs> like post post post-apocalypse, and now it has been colonized by weird little animals, and uh, there are fun little story moments, and there's this tiny adorable little friend helper that Emily loves named Elphilis, or no Elphalin, Elphalin. Okay. Uh, that is like just. Looks like a fucking made-to-be-a-plushy character, you know? <laughs> and uh, the, all the stuff in this game is, is fun. The boss battles are fun against giant animal people. Uh, you know, Gorilla Boss, Cheetah Boss, uh, Big Lion Guy at the end. And, like, 
being able to upgrade these uh, these abilities and being like, oh, you know what? What's next after fire? It's volcano fire. Yeah, and after I, that is I would definitely dragon be, fire. I would be so into like, what is this going to turn into next? Yes, that and they, so do, they do it in a way that is satisfying. Uh, that is like to get to see what the next upgrade is and also to just try it out and be like, oh, I upgraded this ability. What does it do now? And you like, you all of a sudden you have a gigantic you know, hammer that you didn't have before, like, and it's a squeaky hammer, but somehow that's better than the one you had before, which was a real one. But like, hey, look, this is fun and whimsical. And like, I always enjoy a Kirby game, but this one was truly going to the next level. And the secret final boss is like legitimately tough. Like Elden Ring, that's good. tough. Yeah. Uh, asking for different skills, of course, but because this is like a really confined arena and it's like, you know putting out like damage zones like it's fucking world of warcraft oh, that cool. or you know have to know how to avoid them <laughs> or have to know how to like dodge them to get your hits in and pick the right ability and this game like was willing to really give it to me and i it made me so happy because i didn't know what to expect from this game i knew i was going to buy it and play it but i didn't know if it had anything for me had anything special that i hadn't seen before yeah to to justify another like 60 dollar kirby game and it totally did this was a uh, this was a hit with me for sure yeah this this looked like a lot of fun uh, i'm not as into kirby as you are but mm-hmm. this seemed like i watched somebody play a little bit of this and it looked like just the best time yeah it was a really <laughs> really great time um you want to give me one more and then we'll take a brief break all right um all right, I think I'm going to break down the Cuphead DLC for yes, everybody. Yes, please. Um, so uh, Cuphead was a game that, um, when it came out, I was like so, so interested in. I think um, you and Cam had played it before yep. I had Arrested for my... her Cuphead crimes. Yep. You guys had played it before I had gotten my hands on it. But um, I eventually ended up picking it up because I wasn't sure if... Because uh, you... the one thing that like uh, first hits you about Cuphead is the visual style, of course, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. It's incredible. Rubber hose, Fleischer-style animation, um, truly gorgeous. If you somehow haven't seen it, go look it up. If you've heard one thing about Cuphead, it's that it's that the visual style looks awesome. If you've heard two things about Cuphead, it is that it is a hard game. Um, and I uh, like hard video games, but I don't like... I'm not, like, seeking them out. Like, I wasn't sure if when I played Cuphead for the first time, I it would gel for me. It would be something that I would, like put up with enough to see the end of the game. Um, it just so happened I really enjoyed this style of game. Uh, the kind of boss rush... Uh, uh, yeah. Did you, did you ever play Fury? No, I didn't. It's it's good. I do recommend it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard it's good. Um, this, this kind of game where you're just fighting these amazing multi-phase bosses and um, they will kill you a hundred times, but you'll still be having a lot of fun uh, is is rare for me and uh, so when they said that they were going to do more of this game in a form of a DLC I was like oh sure I'll play it in five years when they decide to put it out uh, and it probably was three or four years I don't know how long it's been uh, but uh, this DLC was really fun um, it's uh, I have to look up how many bosses they have but it's a, I, I think probably a third a third of the game's worth uh, it's a it's a good chunk of bosses um, they all have something new to bring to the table. Uh, you get to play as a new character called Miss Chalice, if you want. Um, it is a charm you equip on Cuphead that turns him into Miss Chalice. It's very it's, funny. It's funny because Miss Chalice is a ghost in the lore of Cuphead. 
Um, and so you are basically letting her inhabit your body by equipping this charm. I like that. Um, and uh, she has a bit of a different moveset. She has one more hit point by default, which is huge. Uh, you get you can take four hits instead of three hits, like Cubcut or Mugman. Um, you have an uh, you have an air dash like Cuphead does, um, but uh, you have a double jump, which is new. Um, and uh, instead of you have like a roll you can do only while you're on the ground that is invincible, that I never ever got to work right. Uh, <laughs> I basically <laughs> didn't use it. Um, but well, basically the trade-off is you're getting one more hit point. Um, you have a double jump and you have a dash, but the dash isn't invulnerable like you can make cupheads. Mm. Um, so I, it took me a little bit to get used to how Miss Chalice worked, but I really leaned on it for all the new bosses. I was just about to ask. Um, because uh, everything is a lot harder. <laughs> it feels like they doubled down on making bosses that were smaller and moved around more. I ended up using the um, kind of cheater tracking shot a lot more in this than I did in any of the bosses in the main game because I was just so caught up dodging everything. I don't know. The tracking shot doesn't feel like cheater moves because to me, <laughs> it's it's it they compensate for it by making it weaker. Right. It is lower damage, but you can just and more time that you dodging. spend fighting these bosses is not easy. Yeah, yeah. I definitely lean on that more than I did with any of the other bosses in the main game. Um, there are a lot of bosses that seem like they had smaller hitboxes. One of the things that I leaned on in Cuphead proper, because the bosses are so big, is I use the red shot that's a spread, but it mm -hmm. has a really short range. It's kind of like a shotgun. So you can stand right next to him. Yeah. And of course, since like uh, with the dragon boss or whatever, who just occupies the whole right side of the screen mm -hmm. for a, you know, a phase or two, you can just stand there and wallop on him if you get used to it. Um, for a lot of these bosses, they'll climb up and down. They'll move around so much, it was hard to reorient dodge all the ads that they had and shoot. Um, but I really liked that heightening. I think the, of course, the visual style of all these uh, crazy new characters is awesome. Um, they only added bosses. They didn't do any new run and gun stages because no one liked them anyway. Um, instead of that, to break up the pacing, they added uh, what they called the King's Challenge, I think. You would mm -hmm. climb a little beanstalk and you'd go visit this king guy and he'd have a challenge for you. Um, it's kind of like the mausoleums in the base game where you only parry, you can't shoot anything. Mm -hmm. uh, and you need to find a way to beat these enemies or survive the gauntlet only through parrying. And it is, uh, they like, they uh, mix that up in some really fun ways that uh, I really enjoyed. And then the new weapons were all fun. I don't really remember too many of them off the top of my head, but. Uh, it was fun to get some new weapons and some new charms, and uh, just more Cuphead. It ruled. It's All so right. good. So I'm going to cut us off here, and depending on how this turns out in editing, you are either reaching the end of an episode or you're reaching the break. <laughs> so, right. so when we come back, you're getting the second half of our 2022 Game of the Year episode. Sounds good.